Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Afternoon Tune. I am your host, Josh, and with me are my two co-hosts. It's your boy, Chase. And it's your boy, Nick. Um, and we got a good show filled with a lot of news, a lot of topics. Uh, we're going to be covering in NewsWise. going to discuss the short little Snake Eyes teaser that they popped out, like a little minute trailer, teaser trailer they showed. Uh, we're going to be discussing the Injustice movie uh, that they have announced, animated film that they have uh, that DC announced, the Batgirl movie that they announced, the Batman animated series that they announced, the Superman animated series that they also announced, a lot of DC news that just recently came out. What, again? Uh, yeah, again, another just pour on DC news. Um, and we're going to discuss the Resident Evil trailer, like Netflix has a miniseries of Resident Evil coming out soon. Uh, and we're also going to pay respects to Paul Mooney, uh, Kentaro Minora, and also going to be getting to some reviews, movie reviews uh, for Those Who Wish Me Did, the Angela Jolie film that is on HBO Max, The Woman in the Window, which is the Amy Adams film on Netflix. Uh, we're going to do a retro review for Dawn of the Dead since Zack Snyder is coming out with another zombie film. We're going to be going, taking a look back at his very first film, the 2004 remake, Dawn of the Dead, film directed by him. And of course, we're going to uh, discuss the Netflix film, Netflix film he has coming out army of the dead and we're going to discuss the hulu series going to throw some marvel in here uh discussing modok um uh, the new hulu series by the robot chicken team seth uh seth green breckenmeyer those guys who did a modok series how are you guys doing today doing well man uh it was a birthday week for not just me but also my dad um oh, okay. he, he was he, yeah oh. um he was born like a couple days after um my birthday so we're celebrating him, getting some uh, uh, some seafood, some lobsters, some crawfish, you know what I'm saying? Uh, okay. Nice little nice little birthday dinner. How about you, Nick? Um, I've been good, just busy. Uh, if uh, yeah, you guys ever decide to pick up a to pick up a second language, I do not recommend Japanese because these are all like the flashcards that I've had to make just this week, Bro, just, just do, uh, do memorizing kanji. Dude, yeah. Duolingo. Like I'm. I need to write this. Sh- I need to write the shit down. Otherwise, I'm not gonna remember it. Oh my. Mm. Um, for me, um, spend. I got my first shot. Mm. Uh, with the vaccine. So got that like uh yeah. this past week. Um, oh, you don't need to raw dog the movie theater anymore. Yeah, congrats. Yeah. Um, well, still need my second one. I still I'm going <laughs> for my second one, True. the seventh, uh, before mm-hmm. I leave. Um, so I'll be leaving in June. Uh, I'm going to be out of the pod for a little bit, uh, just for the month there, just for a couple weeks, uh, doing some stuff. So I hope I don't get sick while I'm on this uh, trip. That that really sucks. So I heard sometimes with the second shot, you get a little sick. So I hope I don't. Uh, that'd be that. Which one did you get? Um, I got the Pfizer. Um, I got the Ooh. Pfizer one. Oh, yeah. No, that's uh, going to kick your ass in the next day. Um, the with the, Just oh, the first okay. shot, I mean, it was typical, like, arm soreness and yeah, felt yeah. Like, mm. itchy course like that was kind of all i kind of had i didn't really feel any major symptoms like they said you may feel like a migraine or something like that uh may get a fever i didn't feel any of that so uh hopefully maybe the same thing going for the second shot um also That's... just coming up oh what are you saying i was just gonna say that second one um don't let it fool you because on the first day i thought i was i was invincible <laughs> Uh, and then I ended up just like <laughs> invincible. We, we we should just like when you edit this, we should just like cut that title card in. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Second day, you feel. Yeah, no, you're dead on the second day. I don't know how you felt about it, Nick, but like, um, I mean, I, I got the I got the Moderna vaccine, so it was the first shot where I felt most of the 
most of the side effects. But mm. even then, I was pretty much just like in bed, arm sore for an entire day. Second shot, I felt fine. Yeah, drink mm. up. Just remember to drink as as much water and as much OJ as you could find, Josh. <laughs> I'm water you right and, now. <laughs> water and electrolytes. I'm telling yeah. you right now. Get um, get your electrolytes before you get that second shot. It's yeah. what plants crave. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's duly noted. I'll I'll make sure to do that. That's duly noted. Um, and then as far as anything else, I mean, Chicago they just announced that Lollapalooza is going to come back. Hmm. Um, don't know why they decided to do that now. I maybe mean, should have maybe waited another year. Uh, but I guess the city needs money. I guess. Uh, it, I mean they. I mean, they tax the hell out of middle class and poor people, so I guess they need some more money still, I guess. Uh, so um, they're going to be doing that this year. They took off last year, of course, because the pandemic was at its height. They say that, you know, in order to get in, you've got to have uh, the vaccine. You had to have, you know, the two doses or the one shot with Johnson and Johnson. You got to do that. Or um, you have to get tested every day of the festival in order to enter, uh, you know, to have a good COVID test. But uh, I'm, still not, I'm still not trusting that. Yeah. Uh, oh hell no. Especially, especially since I mean the average attendance at Lollapalooza, um, and you know Lollapalooza is a huge music festival here in Chicago. Mm-hmm. It's one of the biz- uh, biggest music festivals in the world. Um, it's the average attendance. It's a four day festival. Is like a hundred thousand people. Yeah. Typically, so it's 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 a lot of people. Um, the lineup also gotta say it's I don't know it's kind of a C list kind of lineup, B list kind of lineup. And there's some good who's, acts who's there. Playing there. Who, who's playing uh, Lollapalooza this year? Um, the big headliners are like Post Malone, Miley Cyrus, uh, Tyler the Creator, uh, Megan Thee Stallion's gonna be there, The Baby. Um, oh, those aren't those aren't C list. Um, oh, what well, <laughs> on what list are those guys C listers? Yeah, well, I'm saying Who, for me as far as for you, <laughs> I'm sorry for me personally. Like as far as like I'm gonna really you know really risk going out there to go see you know what I mean uh, I'm not really gonna oh, risk okay. going out there to, you know yeah to no go for see. you but like I'm talking about like in terms of just like general like that's kind of a list right now. <laughs> um, so you said a, Meg, I was I mean like I mean like yeah you could argue against Post and like Miley maybe but as soon as you said Meg, um, yeah, the baby well, who's well, like Meg is the Meg is below right now. <laughs> Uh, well, um, Meg is below Miley Cyrus when it comes to them listing the names. So, like, Foo really? Fighters is, is the very first one. Foo Fighters mm-hmm. is. Post Malone, Tyler, Tyler Creator, uh, Miley Cyrus, The Baby, Marshmallow, Journey's going to be there. So, that's like sometimes they have like a dad band that they have there, like Metallica or something. They'll, they'll throw in like one old school dad band. Like, Paul McCartney was there. I, I went uh, one year, I went to go see Paul McCartney there at Lala. That was great it was a great performance like he just kept doing one song after the other like it was it was like a really great performance um and so that was really fun they have roddy rich is going to be there uh polo g trippy red uh they, freddie gibbs is going to be there i like freddie gibbs a lot um i like him a lot jpeg mafia is going to be there brock hampton's going to be there um they also have like rico Nasty's going to be there she's really good i like rico nasty quite a bit um, so they have a lot of other people that I also do enjoy, but again, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of, it's, it's COVID time. I'm not risking it. Um, yeah. and things like that otherwise. But I, I told a friend of mine, he's going, he's, he's, he's going to do it. I told him, pick me up some merch. Um, if you can, while he's there, send him some money, pick me up some make the stallion merch or something like that, you know, or maybe some Brockhampton merch. Um, uh, yeah. So 
Uh, that'd be pretty good to you know maybe get some of that but uh yeah i'll, I'll wait till next year i got no problem i mean yeah, if, if this i mean if yeah. this lineup oh go ahead yeah it's like especially because uh the us is kind of like relaxing all the restrictions with covid i don't trust none of y'all motherfuckers to not be vaccinated i don't yeah, trust no. none of y'all i'm kind of nervous about how quickly things are trying to open up because like we keep messing around with this joint not everybody's vaccinated. Not everybody across the world is vaccinated. So like, yeah. Karens are gonna fucking lie about being vaccinated so they don't have to wear a mask. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we're easing all these restrictions because, and I mean like, of course like the CDC, like the, the, the recommendations made sense to me, but it didn't mm. make sense in terms of timing in the sense that like, not most people are going to obey the timing and most people are going to be like oh no mask now we we, we good outside <laughs> everybody's good outside no mask now they're gonna abuse that joint so right. um i don't yeah. know we'll see yeah I'm, I'm at least keeping my mask on at least till next year yeah. oh yeah no i at least till yeah. next year. i high key feel healthy with the mask on i i've been i haven't been catching nothing <laughs> it is, yeah, it is. This it's oh, like what? the first year in a long time where I haven't I usually like around like August or so that's when I like feel like shit for like a week when I have a cold nah this year past year masks on felt perfectly fine yeah like even mask like, on and stay the fuck away from me like even with Sick allergies I'll put the mask on and I feel fine like mm. I feel like... I was about to say invincible <laughs> don't, don't you <laughs> oh man yeah so i mean yeah I'm, I'm at least keeping it on until next year you know things like that till you know some till at least most most other people get vaccinated and at least till most of the world gets vaccinated and i hope things calm down and and get reopened i got a trip uh, i want to go on february uh, i got a trip mm. booked uh amsterdam london and paris so dope uh, okay. um so it's like a 10-day trip so i gotta go so uh, i hope i hope everything's gonna be open and everything like that uh and hopefully you know get get things back to normal again um all right so let's get into the news people we're going to discuss uh, first news today pay respects to uh paul mooney legendary comedian uh rest in power to him uh people know him mostly you know probably if you're around our age you most know him from the Chappelle show um you know he had his own segment there uh negro damas was one of his big segments there where he's, you know black man predicted the future um you know he's featured another bunch of other Chappelle skits you know sometimes it was just him uh you know getting you know questions from people and things like that um you can look it up on youtube very funny man like you know really really hilarious um you know he has long history in comedy he wrote for richard pryor you know him and richard pryor were writing partners um you know knew each other for a very long time uh you know he's been in hollywood you know known the game for a while so yeah. um you know legend legendary comedian legendary guy um and it was kind of just you know kind of all of a sudden he just you know passed away um you know 79 so long life lived yeah um so yeah. he died of a heart attack um just uh what do you guys experience uh with paul mooney and and you know knowing him and what he contributed to like entertainment and things like that i will admit not much but i've always heard that he was your favorite comedian's favorite comedian um mm -hmm. that has always been like the sort of title that he's hold he's held for like so long um so I, I am meaning to go back into his actual like stand-ups 
um, and like go through uh, what I could find. Um, mm-hmm. But like I like he's written damn near everything that you know you love about the. Um, I mean, not to discredit Dave, but like you know, a lot of the stuff on the uh, on the Chappelle show was Paul and him collaborating, and I think a few other writers, of course. But like those two especially had a huge influence on our culture today. Um, yeah. and our sense of humor today um, and then of course he's been around I, I mean I'd even compare him to like say like a Quincy Jones in, in terms of longevity and yeah. in terms of how long he's like influenced comedians because oh, yeah. you say, you're saying he, he wrote for Richard Pryor too like that's longevity Richard Pryor yeah. Richard Pryor's yeah, one wrote, of the goats <laughs> yeah wrote for uh, the Richard Pryor show wrote for Sanford and Son Good Times and mm was uh one of the main writers on in living color mm. yeah yeah so uh rest in peace to him and thank you for you know sharing your creativity and your jokes your laughter mm-hmm. yeah so uh, nick, what, what? Uh, nick what about you um i gotta echo a lot of what chase is saying i mostly know him from uh, his appearances on the Chappelle show but i didn't know he was uh of one of the head writers on in living color and if you look at that show if that doesn't happen we don't get guys like jim carrey we don't get like the waynes brothers uh chappelle show if that doesn't happen we don't get guys like key and peel mm. yeah true yeah. true true yeah. yeah um i mean yeah he's one of the, the big kind of you know goats of comedy founding fathers of comedy you know what i mean like you said his longevity i think it's a great comparison comparing someone like quincy jones you know somebody who's you know really been this major figure you know because he was you know doing music quincy jones all the way back you know in the 50s and 60s um you know same thing with paul movie doing comedy as long as that you know yeah and for him to still be kind of still kind of be relevant still be on the on the tip of pop culture and things like that and especially a guy that also like heavily delved into race issues social issues mm. uh things like that and had a very unique you know uh, interesting perspective on all those things uh, very funny perspective on all those things uh and that was always hilarious to watch um you know and things like that so yeah i mean you know real real uh you know sad loss for him and everything like that um wish i could see him wish i could have seen him live uh you know to just watch a set but i heard his sets go on a long time i heard yeah i mean you might as well just get a blanket and a pillow because uh you gonna you gonna be there for a while because it's like three hours he can just sit up there and just talk forever and ever <laughs> um that's a, that's a gift you know what i mean yeah. at a certain point yeah because um you know even doing this you know doing this for a while um after two hours my mouth is dry i'm like mm. i get the fuck out of here i don't I, yeah I <laughs> two two hours my mouth is dry i got a headache i gotta take a shit <laughs> yeah I, I i don't i gotta get out of here i don't i expended all my words for the day <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah after i'm done with you. this show i'm do not want to talk at all <laughs> I, yeah. I mean, I don't know how people, they go on these streams. I see Twitch streams. Uh, sometimes I look, it's like seven hours, five hours. I'm like, damn. Holy shit. I know. <laughs> That's a lot of time. Holy Spending crap. Spending their entire week on a stream. That's insane to me. Yeah. But I mean, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. That, that's work ethic for you. Yeah. Work ethic. That's work yeah. ethic. Uh, so that's yeah. work ethic for you. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I guess, I guess we'll, speaking of work ethic, um, I guess we're going to just saying rest in peace and rest in power to Taro Miura, um, the yep. author of Berserk. Um, <laughs> now I'm I'm, I'm sad because I just 
I just got into Berserk. Like, this is the mm. second volume. Um, so, like, I didn't get a chance to, like, actually, like, go through his, his entire works. So I can't, like, you know, say too much about it. But what I do know is that, like, the story itself is is something that he put his entire life into. He's been writing... He, he wrote Berserk for, like, 30 years, which I can't imagine writing wow. a series... Uh, group of characters for 30 years that's a that's intense um and then to be able to draw it in such detail the way he did um i was watching i was not watching i was reading a couple like interviews that uh he uh had had, uh, talked about and like one of the things that um his editors always got him got on him about was just like uh he would spend too much time inking and just adding so much detail and like if you just look up berserk art you'll see why mm. like you know um like why it's that popular for a reason you know and why i had to pick up the copies instead of just reading it allegedly because <laughs> like the art in this in this manga is just beautiful um you want to show some pages right there if you can open uh, the book show some pages yeah let me see some of the pages are extremely graphic um so i'm gonna like try to see if i can find uh some like yeah. somewhat tamer joints that are like show off what I'm talking about. Um, yeah, don't show where he's like splitting the guy in half with that big ass sword and all the organs and coming <laughs> out and then it's tying around the sword and shit like that. Yeah, I mean like even just like like just looking at the panels, like I don't know if this is in focus yet. Um, yeah, it's in focus. Yeah, I see. Mm-hmm. It. Yeah, that's yeah. Like, wow. This is just a random page. Um, and mm. there's just a lot of detail that he put into just like character expressions um, backgrounds are always fleshed out especially when he gets to like the more like supernatural stuff that the series is more known for I if I can find it mm. this is the joint that's in that's primarily like in the past but like I don't know I don't know if you can yeah. see this yeah that's really yeah this is really nice art Damn. yeah yeah and that's this is like talent. one dude so, you know, um, unfortunately, though, you know, the manga industry is a rough one. Um, and a lot of people have been uh, claiming that potentially his passing was due to um, overwork. Um, mm-hmm. He had some like sort of heart condition or whatever. Um, and yeah. he had to go on hiatus for quite a, quite a while. Um, so I don't know. I don't know the full story of why or how he passed um but he passed away at the age of 54 which is just you know tragic it's far too young pretty young yeah still very yeah. young to pass away yeah. at 54 and yeah still pretty young to pass away so i've been writing this for 30 years um and just telling a story about resilience you know that's it's uh it, it it sucks and he didn't get a chance to finish it but you know yeah um and this article here from cnet um and it says like you know this series of berserk um has had an impact that can be seen in multiple works of fiction video games yeah. like dark souls bloodborne final fantasy um alongside mag- uh manga and anime such as demon slayer castlevania and vagabond yeah um he know, is their, the dude you know, every character you've seen with a big ass sword that is because of guts <laughs> um <laughs> So like Cloud, um, what's her name from Castlevania just recently? Um, oh yeah, yeah. Uh, the vampire lady. Oh, um, Streeta. 
Striga. Um, yeah. Yeah. Classes in Final Fantasy. Um, Dark Souls, the monsters, and all the different like boss fights. That that's all Berserk. So, what um, is Berserk about? It what? is a revenge quest disguised. Well, I mean, no, I say I take that back. It's a. Huh, how do I describe this? Because it's on paper, it's a revenge quest, right? Mm. Um, but it's much more than that. Uh, the character guts. He literally goes through any every trauma imaginable and unimaginable um but and he's on the a revenge quest to kill this character named griffith or griffin um mm. that basically sold his entire like team of friends uh to gain this sort of demonic power called the god hand um and basically um guts was a part of that sacrifice but he broke out because is the definition of resilience like um and he's running around trying to kill everybody that is associated with the god hand so that he can eventually get back to griffin and kill him um or at least must the power to kill him um which is damn near an impossible uh quest and that is just something that guts ends up having to uh having to cope with <laughs> so it's much more about the sort of like coping of this sort of trauma than it is the actual revenge i don't know i don't even know how granted we don't know how this the story ends unfortunately but i don't think i don't even think that guts will end up killing griffin i don't i don't i don't even i can't even get that um intent from what i'm reading really oh so I, I he, think never, it's, he never finished it yeah yeah i i'm thinking it's it would probably have ended with guts kind of just like you know reconciling with what happened you know what i'm saying so it's it's all about just like coping with what's going on and living mm. um and it's disguised as as a revenge quest <laughs> yeah um because i was asking somebody about it uh because there have been anime series about it I heard the the recent one they did, like in 2016, the CGI one, the CG one. Don't it's not really it. all that good. Don't, yeah, that's what I hear. That's not that good. And the, yeah. the one from the 90s is the one that um, people should watch. Hmm. Um, so you find that to be true, that the, the, the one from the 90s is more of an accurate adaptation of his work? Uh, so it's not complete either, because that's just, that actually is just adapting what I'm currently reading right now, which is the Golden Age arc. Um, which, I mean, it's a great place to start because that's Guts' backstory and that's where you get all the context for why he after Griffin. Um, mm. But that's just like a small part of the full story. Uh, so yeah, definitely. I definitely recommend reading it um, and picking up uh, copies um, if you can, um, because mm. the artwork is beautiful. Um, and like, if you get these like big omnibus uh, copies, like it's just, it's yeah. nothing like it. Like, <laughs> like reading, like, uh, like reading like manga, like physically is, it hits differently. Reading comics yeah. books different um, it, with your physically, it, it hits different. Yeah. Okay. Definitely right. recommend. Um, depending on what we have next week, do you all want to? watch the 90s version and then review it for the show depending on what we got if you want to um 
if you guys are um, interested. Yeah. Sure. I was I was planning on watching it, um, okay. the '90s version. Yeah, watching it for the show, everything like that. So yeah, if, if, depending on what else we have coming up, yeah, I'd like to talk about that, discuss that. Um, yeah. Uh, Nick, do you have anything to say about Berserk at all? I didn't um, watch that weeb shit. Uh, I I haven't heard or seen anything involving Berserk, but just by what you're saying, how much uh, it's inspired stuff like Final Fantasy, Dark Souls, Castlevania. It, the the man has left a legacy. Yeah. 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 I still don't comprehend uh, how you've gone to Japan and have not become a weeb. I, it's still... I still don't get it, Nick. <laughs> You're literally in the kingdom of weebs, and you've yeah. not converted. <laughs> All that access to that that yeah. good knowledge and just is wasted. Wow. You're learning Japan, <sighs> Japanese, and you haven't even, haven't <laughs> even watched it. Jesus. I mean, does this man even Japan? I mean, what the fuck? Does is he, he even Japan? Man? Really, though, honestly. <laughs> Next is gonna tell me he never tried the ramen shops. Okay, you calm your fucking ass down, motherfucker. Ah, <laughs> uh, man. Um, all right, so uh, moving on from discussing uh, Berserk, Creator, everything like that, we're going to discuss just real quickly the Snake Eyes trailer because most of you people have already seen it already. So uh, I'm going to just be discussing that real quick. Um, this is the Snake Eyes trailer, uh, Snake Eyes Origins, uh, as they call it. Um, I'm trying to think of a movie that's ever been good that had origins in the title. Struggling right now. I was trying to I was trying to find that out all week. I was like, has there been any movie that had origins in the title that have been good? If anybody if anybody knows of a movie or TV show or anything like that, please let me know. Well, in the comments. well, there's uh, if it counts, uh, Annabelle Creation. It does not. It doesn't have uh, origins. Oh, um, Ouija Origin of Evil. Oh yes, the Ouija second, yeah, the second Ouija movie. That one was actually pretty good, and it's got origin. Uh, yeah, yeah. So there we go. We got one. We got one. Maybe this. Uh, is we got one. We got we got one out of like thirty years of yeah origin yeah. movies. Yeah, the first one yeah. that came to mind, of course, was X Men Origin, and that. Was yeah. Just like yeah, no. That. Origin. That <laughs> shit was trash. Yeah. Yeah. No. That that and, alone enough was allowed. What like made me. Co-sign your statement, Josh. Like origin, <laughs> origin would never put origin in the title, of anything yeah. ever. And uh, <laughs> that was an, that was another failure for Tyler Hecklin. Right? Yeah. Uh, uh, not uh, yeah, Tyler Hecklin is the name. Or I was him. Um, he was Gambit, right? Mm. No, that was uh, Taylor Kitched. Oh, Taylor Kitch, that was his name. Yeah, yeah that was the guy who, yeah, who. Hollywood tried to force on us with stuff like yeah. the John Carter, Battleship, and like yeah. nine other movies that all bombed that yeah. nobody gave a shit about. I wonder, has anybody had a worse record than him? I mean, he's got a, he's got a shit bad average. Oh my God. Battleship and X-Men Origins and John Carter. Oh my God, bro. Your battle, your 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 batting average is crap. Wow. Well, I mean, you gotta, one, baby. you gotta blame his agent too, though, you know? Yeah. 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 Um, and then he was even in the worst season of True Detective. And he was in season two. That's the worst season. Everybody hated that season. Sheesh. Oh my god, most people hated that season. But um, yeah, because it was came off the stellar first season, and then it was like, oh yeah, we can't wait for this season. And then he was in it, and it had a great cast. You know, it had Colin Farrell and Vince Vaughn was in it, and uh, Rachel McAdams, and it was the Game of Thrones season eight of True Detective. Yeah. Um, and and I haven't he... seen. 
Yeah. I, I haven't seen season three because um, I heard it did bounce back with season three with Marsha Lee. It did bounce back, but I haven't watched it yet. Uh, but Snake Eyes, the trailer, we got to yeah, discuss sure. that, right? We just went off there for a second. Uh, um, you know, discussing Taylor Kitsch there. Um, <laughs> just I, straight I, up I, roasted his career, yeah. <laughs> his life's but he's work. A, I, I mean, he's a millionaire. <laughs> Jesus so Christ, good. dude, did Taylor Kitsch fuck your girlfriend? Why you got so much hate for the guy? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, I don't have hate for him. I'm just saying he was in bad movies. He's, I, I mean, does he not? He, he probably knows he's in bad movies. Hey, he hey, probably doesn't hey. disagree. One thing, one thing I've learned this week. I don't know if you guys know about Kwame Brown, but like, oh, yeah. we, we should stop roasting millionaire bust, okay? Because they yeah. <laughs> they have a reason to clap. They can clap back. Been, <laughs> yeah. They got all the time in the world. The they got have paid. all the money in the world, and they have all the hey, time to be paid hey. about it. <laughs> the man got paid. Yeah. So yeah, he got, got paid. Yeah. Yeah. So, um. Yeah. Not roasting um, these millionaire busts, even if they were trash. <laughs> um, so back when to, this... yeah, back to Snake Eyes. We yeah, other have, trash. I'd say a great fucking cast with this. You have a uh, Henry Golding as uh, the titular Snake Eyes. You have Samara Weaving as uh, as Scarlet. You have my man from Warrior, Andrew Koji as Storm Shadow. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's a solid cast, uh, especially people who know, you know, what they're doing when it comes to the fight scenes, like mm-hmm. you said. Uh, Koji from Warriors, uh, that's a big show, um, who just got picked up for a season three with HBO Max, so that's coming back. Uh, we should we should talk about that when the season three comes out. Yeah, we should. Uh, we should do. Uh, Henry Golding here, um, who, I mean, gets a chance for him to be an action hero. He was yep, just and, in... and just from videos of him online working with the guys at 8711, He's putting in the work to learn how to fight with the sword. Mm. Mm. Okay. okay. Yeah. That's good. Uh, That's good to hear. And so I, I like he's trying to more diversify his career because, you, you know, he's been in some romantic comedies like Crazy mm. Rich Asians, the movie he did with um, also the actress from Game of Thrones. Um, oh, uh, Last Christmas. Yeah, Last Christmas. He was in that. So and then he was also in a gangster film, the Guy Ritchie film, The Gentleman. So here he's, you know, in an action film, action lead here, so trying to do that. So I like he's trying to, you know, get a more diversified portfolio of performances here. Um, the action you see, I mean, in this, you know, minute trailer, so it's just packed with it. Mm. Looks pretty good. Um, you know, you get some nice scenes, nice sword play. Um, you get some a nice opening scene where he's fighting people, you know, tons of people, like, on a on a uh, stack of cars, which is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. Um so, I mean, expectation-wise from this movie, just to be a good action movie to show some good fight scenes, I mean, that's kind of the, the expectation that, you know, I kind of have for it, you know, just to be entertaining on that level. Mm. Uh, you know, you have to be, you know, great story or anything like that, just to be entertaining if you have some really, really good fight scenes there. Um, what do you guys, you know, look for this? And, you know, what, you know, what do you think about the little snippet that we've seen? Yeah, uh, I kind of agree. I'm not expecting... Uh, the greatest story i'm kind of i'm kind of going in with the same ex- expectations i had for mortal kombat mm. uh will it make me cheese when there's fights <laughs> um now and if it's a good story that's just the cherry on top because right. you know with gi joe i never expected decent yeah with, with G- <laughs> one it, it is one already in the cons column is one it's a gi joe movie and mm. We've kind of all figured out what to expect from them. The second is this movie is directed by uh, Robert Schwenke. I, mm. I think is how you pronounce his name. Uh, he's a guy who's done uh, Red, Red Two, uh, the two Divergent sequels, were, which are 
all terrible, and the worst movie on his resume is R.I.P.D. Oh, all classics. Wow. Yeah, all <laughs> classics. He did kind of bounce back with his last movie before this. It was this uh, German film called uh, called uh, The Captain, hmm. which I've heard of great things about. But a good thing in the pro column is, if you guys seen the Donnie Yen movie, Flashpoint, one of the the fight choreographers there is working second unit as a director here okay so okay. hopefully we'll get at least decent fight scenes yeah 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 that's that's all i could hope for <laughs> yeah you know? pretty much um I, to yeah. to briefly talk about like the mortal Kombat like roast that everybody seems to have like i feel like it's so unfair <laughs> What, what did did you guys really expect this to have a concise story it, yeah and, and that that game story is stupid yeah 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 well just because so. it's a stupid story don't mean you can't i mean you know you gotta you know make did you it expect still kind of try did you did well, you, you gotta make it you gotta at least make it make sense in the world that you're crafting it just it just none of the stuff they did made sense it didn't but did you really expect them to try it <laughs> um, I mean, I expect them to do better than what they because it's like some of the okay. stuff that just happens in Mortal Kombat. Like Scorpion just shows up. Like there's yeah. no there's no good yeah. explanation why he just yeah. shows he just shows yeah. up. Why? Why not? Why not? I don't care. It looked cool. You know, Josh, cool Josh, Josh, uh, <laughs> I hear Josh. I hear your complaints and I understand them. Yeah. I don't give a fuck. <laughs> like in, in comparison yeah. to the previous Mortal Kombat. Uh, live actions and Shit, like, in comparison to in comparison oh, to annihilation mm. oh it's much better than annihilation i mean people <laughs> saying that annihilation was better is, is just absolutely absurd. fuck out of here <laughs> you know yeah. but like you look at the animated one they did at least they established scorpion <clears throat> going to hell scorpion <clears throat> coming back from hell at least they they yes like, you know they yeah definitely scorpion should have been the main character in this live action movie but like yeah with live actions unfortunately the bar is so low for me like with like these types of adaptations and these types of movies it's mm. just like you know what i don't expect this to make sense i just expect it to look fun <laughs> and to be fun <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah That's and it. this i mean from the trailer what you're seeing from snake eyes um i mean this looks fun um yeah. i mean you know uh and i think you know kind of one of the biggest things about like mortal kombat was you had not all that many action scenes you had some but you know what i mean i mean it was good i think it was good amount paced throughout you had um, a good amount of action scenes and all of your actors they all knew how to fight yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um there was no like you, weird cuts to like disguise like the uh there there's no like stunts. liam nathan hopping a fence and yeah. mean like 37 cuts yeah 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 um, and like, so you have the actor from Warriors, Andrew Koji is going to play Storm Shadow in it. Mm. Um, you have some more Raven Scarlet. Uh, you have uh, Ico, uh, uh, Eco Wise, Eco Wise, Eco Wise from yeah. the Raid. Yeah, from the Raid is going to be Hard Master. Uh, you know, so you, you know you got some characters there. So um, I guess they're trying to do a GI Joe universe. I guess everybody wants to do a universe. I guess so they're going to do that. <laughs> yeah sure it. why not uh, um so i guess they're gonna do these origin movies if this is a big success then i guess they're gonna do more of these i assume um world so... hunter or gi joe universe gi joe <laughs> universe why not yeah that's yeah that's easier that's simple yeah. 
yeah. you know, pump out, you know, two hundred million dollar movie, you know, action movie. That's easier. You know? <laughs> um, so Make yeah, money back quick. Two hundred million dollar action movie, and you got actual Asian people to play Asian characters. So true. Good on you. Yeah. True. Progress true. Hollywood. Um, even though I, wasn't Snake Eyes white though? Wasn't he white guy? In uh, the show? Yeah, yeah. In the comics, initially Snake Eyes was a white character, but I think the creator who was uh, Asian, he wanted him to be white because he wanted to be seen as an outsider. But if you're even half Asian, mm. you're already an outsider. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. Um. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, we'll see. Um, hopefully a full trailer is going to come out just to see more of like, you know, story more of, you know what I mean? To see what's kind of get a more feel for it. Um, you know, let's see what's going to happen. Um, all right. So uh, moving on from discussing the Snake Eyes trailer, going to be discussing um, Injustice. So they're going to be doing a DC animated movie of Injustice. Mm-hmm. Um, have any of you guys ever played the games of Injustice? Uh, yes, I've played both Injustice games and I've read... Uh... Uh, Tom Taylor's Injustice comic, which is set between like the five years after the Joker's death in the first game and where the game takes place. The mm-hmm. story in the first game, it's meh, but the comics definitely did a great job at fleshing out that world and adding new story threads that got expounded on in uh, in uh, the second game. However, we've gotten so much stories like what if superman were evil that yeah. i'm kind of sick of it i'm mm. sick of evil superman yeah but we wait is this gonna be uh animated yeah yes it's it's gonna be an animated movie okay have we have we gotten an animated uh, evil superman movie yet uh invincible <laughs> Oh, true, true, uh, true. <laughs> <laughs> um, you got a point there. Um, I mean, I, I mean, would you count Superman Red Sun because they did the animated mm. movie of that, correct? Right? Mm. Uh, would you count that? Even in movie? even in that story, he's not even really evil. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's true because he's just like, what if he was communist and what if he was yeah. Russian or something like that? So that's not really evil or anything like that that's not really anything but uh i'm sure they've they've kind of done other stuff like that before animated wise mm-hmm. um so this one uh so it's just kind of like there's not really much news to report on this because it's just saying like hey they're gonna do one they don't know if they're gonna base it off the video game series they don't know if they're gonna base it off of the comic that uh from tom taylor that nick was mentioning mm-hmm. so they they don't really know yet people don't really know yet it's just kind of just an announcement of mm-hmm. like hey we're gonna do an yeah, animated my, movie. my concern most of these dc animated movies are at the longest an hour 30 minutes Hmm. and injustice that comic it it goes over the course of five years if you want to do it based on the comic i don't know how you can convincingly do that slow descent into madness that superman goes through in there you think Hmm. they should do like parts to it like say like this is like a part one that covers just like the start or maybe they should do a series, maybe. Yeah, yeah, true, true, true. Yeah. Uh, we'll see. Yeah. We'll yeah. see. Yeah. 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 Well, seems mo- yeah. Yeah. These movies are pretty much made or made or break broke by the voice cast. Yeah. And <laughs> we don't have an announcement of uh, who's in it yet. Yeah. Don't have that yet. Um. So yeah. Well, so we'll keep uh, updated on that and see what the news is for that. Um. The next uh, DC animated film that's going to come out is Batman: The Long Halloween. Uh, part two, which is dropping like J- July twenty seventh. No, part one is still hasn't come out yet. 
Yeah, part one still hasn't come out. So that oh yeah, so part one's gonna come out, but they said part two is also gonna come out July uh, twenty seventh. So part one will come out presumably between. I think it's coming out in June, I believe. Part one. Mm. I have to go look mm. at that. Um, but um, so that's gonna come out. So in the meantime, Batman: The Long Halloween. Hopefully, it's not another The Killing Joke. Hopefully. Mm. Uh, <laughs> one, uh, hopefully. Well, they're not cramming the entire uh, Long Halloween into only one movie, and the cast in that is incredible i mean jen just jensen ackles alone is batman <laughs> i don't know i was i saw a trailer for it i don't know if i like jensen ackles as batman i don't know um but maybe i have to see the movie i have to uh, hear his voice but i can imagine that his batman should sound good <laughs> yeah, i mean he played he played a good um a uh, robin when he was red hood he played a good mm -hmm. red hood uh but uh yeah so we'll see uh we'll check it out um, I, I love batman the long halloween i mean obviously one of the, you know classic comics ever you know so very good one um I mean, you can't right. do any worse than hush hmm. oh uh i didn't see the hush one and the hush one bad it sucks <laughs> oh wow okay <laughs> yeah okay uh man i was i was i was kind of gonna do a binge of all the dc animated movies because i haven't watched them in a while and <laughs> okay I, I guess i'll avoid that one then um all right so moving on to discuss uh more more dc news going to discuss they're going to do a live action batgirl film oh, uh, and directed by the two bad boys for life directors and bad boys for life uh was a movie that was a surprise hit um you know in a movie that's a third movie in a in a kind of trilogy um still, th and... still think bad boys for life should have been the title of the fourth movie yeah uh True. that missed missed opportunity uh, maybe they'll maybe they'll do a fourth movie and go you know bad boys for more life you know what I mean you know you know something like that so um, you know maybe they'll do something like that in the fourth one so uh, but you have the, those two directors they're coming to do the Batgirl movie uh, and centering on Barbara Gordon um, who's the daughter of the Gotham City Police Commissioner of course James Gordon um and christina hudson uh is gonna who wrote bumblebee uh which was a good movie um uh, even though it was basically like iron giant et whatever um i thought yep. it was pretty solid definitely yep, she wrote bumblebee and she also wrote birds of prey yeah um so uh you know kind of so she's kind of familiar in this particular you know genre of film you know writing for that type of stuff so you get somebody who is kind of familiar with that type of work um I don't know if they are going to do a black Barbara Gordon since James, since Jim Gordon is going to be black in the Matt Reeves Batman. He's been, he's going to be played by uh, Jeffrey Wright. So I don't know if they are going to. I don't know if this is connected with that. DC's weird and everything they do. So yeah. I don't know what's connected and what's not connected. There's, yeah, there's no like cohesive plan for like a cinematic universe. I think they're just throwing everything at the wall and just using the multiverse excuse. Like, yeah. yep, different universe. Uh, yeah, so uh, different universe. Fuck off. You want your Batgirl movie, right? Just so they yeah. can get away with just saying like, oh, uh, if it flops, it's it doesn't. It's not canon. So no if way. it flops, yep, you <laughs> have the built-in excuses. If it flops, it ain't canon. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, it's on another Earth somewhere. You know what I yeah. mean? Do something Earth like 69. that. Sixty-nine. Um. So. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um. Yeah. So I don't know if they are gonna do that. Um. It would make it. Again, I would also say I don't know if you would necessarily have to introduce Batgirl before you do a Batgirl movie, since she is tied to Batman. I mean, her kind of character is tied to Batman. Um, I mean, Man, but... they did a Joker origin story without Batman, so it's fine. They could do yeah. Batgirl. Did they though? 
I mean, I he mean, was still there, you know. I mean, but he didn't have the role that we're used to seeing. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So um, I mean, I feel like Batman's such an iconic character that you can pretty much introduce any of his uh, his comic partners without having him there. Mm. Yeah. Maybe. Um, because yeah, yeah, yeah and some some characters I think you can. Some are famous. Mm. I mean, everybody knows Batgirl. Uh, I mean, because like Batman, they've done so much Batman stuff, um, and we're gonna talk about yeah, the Batman I, stuff. Yeah, that's good yeah, yes, yeah, there's Batman's so ubiquitous that honestly, I could like take five years and not see a Batman thing. Yeah, <laughs> but you uh, won't absolutely. because yeah, literally, upcoming is the Batman animated series <laughs> <laughs> yeah. that we're about to discuss. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's it's so segue right into the Batman animated series. So Batman Cape Crusader, uh animated series coming from Bruce Tam, JJ Abrams, Matt Reeves, that's gonna be set at HBO Max and Cartoon Network. Um and so with this kind of development team, Bruce Tim, you know, coming off of the legendary Batman the animated series, kind of one of the most influential and considered one of the, the greatest animated series of all time. Um, he was kind of one of the people responsible for uh, Batman the Killing Joke, um, which was, yeah. Um, so his work lately has not been up to snuff, has not been what we've come to expect from Bruce Tim coming off of those things. J.J. Um, Abrams, um, I mean, he's a good producer on stuff. I mean, I guess if he doesn't have too much creative, you know, kind of input, I think he's a good producer mm. on stuff. Mm. Um, and then you have Matt Reeves, who, of course, is doing The Batman with Robert Pattinson. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if he's still driving Robert Pattinson crazy because I know there was that whole thing that came out about you know he's making Robert Pattinson do 80 takes of the same thing over and over and over again and he's driving him crazy that's what they say so I don't know if he's you Bruh, know, you're an actor this is what the job you signed up for <laughs> yeah, so um, so I mean Batman is kind of crazy Bruh, so I guess maybe that's Bruh, really you're an actor this is the job you signed up for <laughs> and the check cleared so yeah. true. true the check did clear it and it was probably thick um and we see so you have a little bit of an image uh that they showed along with kind of the announcement for the Mm -hmm. animated series and it has the very like pointed ears batman a very Mm -hmm. the batman from like the detective comics Mm -hmm. uh they he's first introduced so very like a 1940s 1950s look of batman Mm -hmm. um i'm curious to see what the tone will be of this show i don't know if it'll be something like batman the animated series where it was kind of more darker more focused on him being a detective or Will it be something like Batman the Brave and the Bold, which is more campy, more of like the 60s Batman stuff? I, mean, I don't imagine you bring Matt Reeves onto your Batman project and you go for camp. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, but so what do you guys uh, like are hoping with this animated series? Mm. So uh, with so with Bruce Tim, I feel like he's at his best when he has other people around him to kind of like tame some of his worser instincts. Like a lot of the success of the animated series I thought was owed to the collaboration of Bruce Tim, Paul Dini, and Alan Burnett. Mm-hmm. And they've all kind of gone their separate ways. Paul Dini, he's continued to work with Batman, writing games like uh, uh, the Arkham, uh, Arkham City and Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. But Bruce Tim, he's kind of like come out the worst looking thanks to The Killing Joke, uh, uh, Batman and Harley Quinn, which is another uh, animated movie that he produced. But I think, I think uh, uh, J.J. Abrams, he's definitely the money guy. He's a guy that can 
go into any room and get anything off the ground. But Matt Reeves, just listening to his interviews uh, talking about uh, his Batman movie, I feel like he understands the character just about as much as anyone who is going to be handed the reins to it should. Mm. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm. Uh, Chase? Uh, So from what I heard about it, is that they're trying to take Batman in a direction that we haven't yet seen. I don't know what that means exactly. Um, but Or at least seen like animated or in live action. So, you know, I just hope that we get more of the detective sort of like cooler stuff to Batman rather than, you know, sort of like the more campy side. Um, you said this is going to be on Cartoon Network though, right? Uh, Cartoon Network and HBO Max. Okay. I mean, there's a chance for it to go, uh, to push a little bit of boundaries with how dark or how deep it goes into Batman's detective work. Um, but we'll see. Um, yeah. I don't know. His, his ears look weird to me, so I'll have to get used to that. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, how his ears looked when he was first I mean, introduced. Yeah, sure. I, I, don't, I don't hate the look. I mean, stuff that works on, like, a comic page or in... Mm, excuse me in an animated format it doesn't always translate to live action and it doesn't always have to yeah 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 so uh, we'll see because like in the batman uh the matt reeves film, he's kind of got the little kind of bad ears and that yeah, yeah he's, he's kind of got the yeah ears. he's got the pimp collar and he's got some little ears <laughs> yeah, he's got the little ears yeah um so uh moving on to another character that dc just loves to pimp out uh superman superman the anime series are gonna do that one uh which is also gonna come to hbo max and cartoon network it's gonna start jack quaid uh people know jack quaid's son of dennis quaid uh also the star of uh the boys who plays huey um here it's uh, you own up i'd love to see it <laughs> yeah you know good uh, good for him um here um you have an anime series uh, about Clark Kent, Lois Lane and Jimmy Olsen who is uh again more with the ginger uh replacement theory. Um you know what I mean they're just replacing all the gingers with black people again. You have Jimmy Olsen who is black uh, just like how he is in uh Supergirl. Um even though I yep. think in Supergirl he, Yeah, in Supergirl he's uh voiced by Ashtray bitch himself, uh Macad Brooks yeah uh played by him uh even though i think he just recently left supergirl if I'm yeah not i think he about. left i think he left like two seasons ago to do to do mortal Kombat. Mm. yeah yeah so uh he left that um and so here it's going to be following they say this is via a variety here um it says uh hbo max and cartoon network announced two season series order for my adventures with superman which follows the man of steel and the dodged daily planet reporter in their 20s as well as their best friend jimmy olsen as they begin to discover who they are and everything they can accomplish together as an investigative news team um the serialized coming of age story sees superman build up his secret identity and embrace his role as the hero of metropolis and perhaps the world while lois now a star journalist takes aspiring photography photographer jimmy under his, under her wing all the while clark and lois are falling in love sharing adventures and taking down bad guys so do you all think that um so how with the batman series it really focused on him being a detective this is more going to focus on clark and kind of his reporting skills the investigative journalism aspect of his kind of you know clark kent persona um i mean do you all like that kind of aspect that approach to this sounds cool to me i mean it's I, more unique. I, I do i it's definitely a more unique take on superman than 
well, anything Zack Snyder ever did with the character. <laughs> but, yeah, I just because uh, DC is loving pushing, you know, evil Superman, let's do all the Injustice storylines, I Superman does not get to be dark. The only character that you can have be dark is Batman. That's it. Well, I, I, I mean, DC is relatively darker than a lot of like, uh, than like say Marvel and whatnot. Um, yeah, there's dark, but, and then there's just being edge lordy, which yeah. is yeah, which, which is what they've been going for lately. But um, with the journalistic aspect, that could be really cool. Um, just because that's like, like say for instance, if Superman's stopping crimes that he is reporting on, that could be interesting. You know, that's a different take than just him. You know, beating up aliens and <laughs> and whatnot. I mean, you know, beating up aliens, causing apocalyptic events in yeah. his own city yeah i mean like it's more grounded it, it sounds like a much more grounded take on superman that we, than we've than we're used to but i think it's interesting especially if he is going to be like younger too you know hmm. so yep yeah what it's sounding like it's it's reminded me a lot of the animated movie we reviewed on the show uh superman man of tomorrow hmm. where it's hmm. kind of like going more into his origins as clark kent instead of just as superman yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, Jack Quaid is a very interesting choice for his voice, but I'm cool with it. <laughs> hey, uh, what do you think? It's blown up the lead yeah. in one of the greatest series of all time uh, that's out right now. Uh, voice work in uh, stuff like Star Trek. Mm. Uh, when Doris, he's going to be one of the leads in the new Scream movie by Radio Silence. Mm. Yeah, mm. no, shout out to him. I, um, he's a great actor. What do you all think about the animation style? Do you think it's a little too kind of kitty? Because uh, like we were talking about before the show, it said it looked kind of like a little bit like a regular show kind of animation. I, know, I don't mind I the style, especially that. because I don't mind that animation style, especially in contrast to if they choose to use that style for the Batman series that they've uh, shown the poster for. If that's the style they go for, I think it's important to have that contrasting style with Superman. Yeah. Um, I, think it, I think it looks alright to me. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Like, if it's like, say for instance, if there are action scenes, we'll see how well that the art style uh, works with it. But you know, I I yeah. think it works. Yeah. Um. So this is going to be produced by uh, Sam Register. Um, he did Teen Titans Go. Hmm. Um. You have right. executive producers Jack Wyatt, who did Invader Zim. Uh, and uh, enter the Florpus. Um, you also have Brendan Collar, who did Voltron, Legendary Defender. Uh, that's, a, that's a solid list of producers. Yeah, mm -hmm. I, yeah, I think I'm in the minority of people that actually really liked Teen Titans Go, especially the, the, especially the two movies that they put out. Uh, Go yeah. to the movies and uh, Teen Titans Go versus Teen Titans. Those movies are awesome. Yeah, yeah. I think the movies and then like certain episodes. But it, it does get a lot of flack for like some of the weaker episodes that I think. like. I, I understand. I, it, I, but... I, I get the flack, but I think a lot of it is because we never got to see like season five of the original Teen Titans. Yeah. 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 
Um, Teen Titans Go, I, I mean, I kind of resisted watching it because I was like, oh, this kind of doesn't really look like my thing. But I watched, I did see the movie, the first one, Go to the Movies, and it was really funny. Um, I did kind of enjoy it. I love the scene where they kill uh, Bruce Wayne's parents. That was really funny. <laughs> um, they, they, got, they got a lot of good funny moments in there, good gags in there that I thought were really yeah. good. Um, that were pretty enjoyable. Save so, yeah. Krypton by throwing an EDM concert. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, they had some, yeah, they had some good moments. And I was like, oh, maybe I should. Maybe kind of want to watch the show, uh, but I didn't. I never followed up with watching the show. But, uh, uh, but I'll probably check out the other movie uh, when I get the chance. But uh, yeah, I mean, you, like you said, solid line of producers. You got Josie uh, Campbell, who she did uh, She-Ra and the Princess of Power. Um, so yeah, so I've never seen that one before. But uh, I've seen Voltron: Legendary Defender. Mm. Uh, I thought that was pretty enjoyable. I need to finish that show. I thought that was pretty solid when I watched it um all right so moving on from discussing that gonna discuss uh resident evil um they had a infinite darkness um resident a... evil infinite darkness or why claire redfield and leon s kennedy should never be in the same building <laughs> uh yeah um and this is a netflix anime series anime is anime um anime, anime that's what it says that's what a netflix anime series that's what the trailer says well, you have to remember that you have to remember Netflix is also making another Resident Evil series, but this one's in live action. So you kind of have to like say, yeah, this is the this is the anime one. This is the uh, real but, one. All right. So here's my problem with with how loosely it's using like anime is that it's like CG. It's not really like yeah anime. Like it's more. It, it look. I mean, Japan great, makes I, CG. Japan does CG animation. All right. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I guess, like, if you... I'd compare it more to, like, I guess, than, like, the uh, Final Fantasy movies. Yeah. Because those mm. are, like, video game like, CG. Um, yeah. And there's nothing wrong on Netflix with just calling it a CG series. <laughs> no, they want to they make sure when you click anime section, this pops up. So I know, it's going to pop up yeah, on my that anime algorithm, section now. That algorithm's going to get you. Yeah. Every every time I open up Netflix, it's gonna be like, oh, check out the new anime, Resident Evil. But speaking of it, does it, this interest you guys? Because yep, because you watched Yasuke. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. Does uh, this interest you guys? Is this hidden? Is this slapping? I mean, I kind uh, of liked some. I kind of liked some of the. Uh, the Resident Evil anim CG animated movies. Uh, mm. Degeneration, I thought, was really fun. I haven't seen uh, after... I don't remember what the second one was, but I remember Vendetta, where it has that hilarious scene of Chris Redfield and, like, the bad guy of that movie just shooting at each other mm. and not hitting them once. If you've been on the internet, you've seen it. <laughs> okay. I think I think, I think I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, no, only thing that I'm familiar with with Resident Evil is uh, the, the Big Lady Vampire and the live action <laughs> movies. Uh, those yeah. are the only two things that I know. The big <laughs> two things. <laughs> big Mommy uh, Vampire. And um, so, yeah. I mean, like, I, I'll check it out, I guess. Uh, I, I, I mean, if Lady D shows up in this, uh, in this Infinite not. Darkness movie, let's go. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure that these are two different continuities that we're talking about. No, this about. is. This is set between Resident Evil 4 and Resident Evil 5. Mm. Mm. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Um, so it's like the series takes place in 2006 after a hacking incident is uncovered at the White House. Leon Kennedy was ordered to investigate the incident, but he encounters zombies when the White House is targeted in a mysterious attack. He later meets Claire, who's yeah, been shot. How many fucking times is the White House gonna get attacked by zombies? Every time. Every time, yeah. Every every single time. Um, I mean, I'm not really big into the Resident Evil lore, Resident Evil characters. Um, you know what I mean? I like playing some of the games. Uh, they're very effective horror games. Mm. Uh, but as far as getting into all the lore and everything like that, um, yeah, I, I'm just not really into it like that. Uh, this this comes out, uh, I think it's coming out in July uh, 8th, I think I saw on this trailer. Let me see. Let me back it up real quick and um, let me try to get it here. Um, but, I mean, like I said, when Chase mentioned it's like Final Fantasy, yeah, it does kind of give me that look of something like Final Fantasy um like the, even the movies they did uh, like yeah. the cg movies they did things like that um it's coming out july 8th um so um it's a little bit of like kind of almost yeah kind of month or so away um so it's gonna be a series um would you classify those kind of as good movies nick the ones you watch like the resident evil cg movies say they're good in comparison to the live action movies which yeah those are uh, definitely a thing, but um, then I'd put them on the same level as I would some of the like lower tier DC movies, stuff like Justice League War or mm. Throne of Atlantis. I'd put them on the same level as those. They're fun, but they're not anything special. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right. So moving on from discussing Resident Evil, uh, gonna get into the reviews uh, finally here. Um, Those Who Wish Me Dead, which is the Angela Jolie film uh, that is on HBO Max. Uh, I did not get a chance to finish it, but these two guys did. Uh, they checked it out. Yeah, uh, uh, Those those Who Wish Me Dead, a.k.a. the worst gender reveal party ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so do you guys uh, go ahead, get into the review there. You got this. All right. This is uh, the second feature film directed by Taylor Sheridan. He's the screenwriter for such films as uh, Sicario, uh, Hell or High Water, and uh, Wind River, which are kind of like his uh, biggest three claims to fame. Wind River was also a movie he directed. But he's kind of been slipping lately writing and directing stuff like this and a movie we covered a couple weeks ago without remorse. And... You have, I'd say, a pretty solid cast here. You have Angelina Jolie being a survivalist dealing with PTSD after a forest fire, really bad forest fire. Uh, you have John Bernthal, who's like kind of the big tough guy sheriff of this town. Hmm. And you have a pair of assassins who are played by Nicholas Holt and Aiden Gillen, who are cold, precise, have an interesting dynamic, but besides the fact that they're good at killing people, I know jack shit about them. I mean, that's kind of just the the theme for all the characters, really. <laughs> yeah, like Bubbles have to... Yeah, it, it's like... This entire film, a lot of it... I feel like I have a lot of the same criticism with, the, with this as I do with, uh, with or Without Remorse, both written yeah. by Taylor Sheridan. All the characters, they could be interesting, but nobody is developed in any kind of meaningful way. And... By the time you get to the end of this movie, you still don't know why the fuck these assassins are trying to kill this little kid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I love, um, full spoiler alert, because I, I don't care. You're not watching this. Let's be real. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
you have Tyler Perry come in and he's like sort of presented it as like the Work epic. as like the primary villain. Um and they, nothing. he's he's meant to be the primary villain, but he shows up for one scene where he chews out a little finger and then he disappears. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's probably probably to go make a fall from grace too. Yeah, no, they <laughs> There's no like resolution to whatever was going on between him and the uh, catalyst character, um, which was yeah the catalyst, sort of yeah catalyst character dude. who's played yeah the like accountant dude who's played by Jake Weber, yeah. who we'll talk about later in our uh, Dawn of the Dead review, <laughs> but but again I don't know what the why the fuck any of this is happening. Yeah. and the film doesn't explain any of it if that could have been the point it could have been more of a character focused drama dealing with angelina jolie and dealing with her ptsd and kind of saving this like kid who's on the run from these assassins but again none of it's developed and i don't really give a shit yeah yeah it's not i mean not. jolie is fine here she's giving a solid performance i mean i've always thought she was kind of an overrated actress but she's decent here yeah, I, I think the beginning when she's, you know, just like open up, opening up a cold one with the boys, that that's a good scene where like mm. to sort of establish like the camaraderie. But then again, you never see those characters after that scene. <laughs> really? <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's setting up a lot of interesting things, but yeah. it doesn't follow through on any of those potentially you, more interesting threads. Yeah, you have two different movies that kind of just accidentally come together um mm. with angelina jolie's like sort of ptsd storyline and open with that and then also the assassins coming after the uh forensic accountant and son uh, that just happened to be related to uh uh, uh frank castle um, <laughs> happened to be related <laughs> to old johnny bernthal yeah 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 but you know um it's not the strongest movie at all. It's definitely, I'd say it's weaker than Without Remorse. Um, I'd say it's weaker than Without Remorse, and I'd say this is easily Taylor Sheridan's worst film that he's been involved with. Wow. Yeah. Which, yeah. especially considering the just, like, three-punch combo that he came out the gate with, Sicario, Hell or High Water, uh, Wind River, all those movies are fucking incredible. And you go from that to Without Remorse and this yeah yeah i mean to <laughs> this like it's, it's just poorly structured and like i was i was i was talking about it with a friend like the third act is just like you're you set up for there to be like these big battles between um uh angelina jolie's character and the assassins um and they're in like the fire and it's like a cool like these are cool shots. These are all it's cool, a cool ideas. Yeah, it's it it's, looks great. <laughs> those are shot very well, and yeah. that could have been a cool set piece. But you're dealing with characters that you haven't done the work to develop, and yeah, for that reason it's looks cool, but don't really care. And there's only one scene prior between Angelina Jolie's uh, Jolie's character and the assassins before this big battle. And that scene is kind of just like not even like them like being confronted by the assassins. They're hiding. <laughs> That's about as much interaction as these two as as these two parties get, unfortunately. Um, so I wish that 
you know, all those intimidating scenes where Littlefinger is being Littlefinger um, could have been given to um, address her character. And mm-hmm. also, spoiler alert, which Littlefinger didn't die so quickly before the final battle because he was the by far the more interesting antagonist. Because <laughs> the I other thought... dude was a stormtrooper that barely talked. He just he was a yes man stormtrooper. <laughs> with a sniper. I mean, I kind of thought that okay, Gillen Littlefinger is kind of like the more experienced guy and he's mm. taken him under his wing and you could have could have addressed that dynamic, but mm. you didn't. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I don't know anything about these guys. I don't really know anything about the characters um aside from the exposition between uh the little boy and Angelina Jolie. Um, where they're yep, talking when, about the yep, one of my <laughs> least favorite things in movies where you stop the movie for some exposition yeah 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 she just got struck by lightning and we're gonna stop <laughs> the entire movie talk about how her ptsd is which, uh, really troubling which, her yeah we gotta address this angelina jolie she's a gorgeous actress but she is so so goddamn thin that i kind of had to suspend my disbelief that she's a survivalist <laughs> I mean, they do make a joke about that. Um, uh, it was something about like her diet or whatever, and the kid was just like m- making fun of her for being thin or whatever. I thought that was a, that was a funny jab, but you know, I mean, it is what it is. I'm not complaining. Uh, yeah, this is, is this is yeah. I think we talked about this. This is this is a straight to TNT movie that you end up watching on a Sunday morning because you are too hungover and in too much pain to reach for the remote and change the channel yeah yeah you'll, wow. you'll catch that you'll catch wow, that. that is that's disappointing to hear especially like i said the guy tyler sheridan coming off of wind river which i really love with jeremy renner um elizabeth olsen um coming off of hella high rotter which was really great um coming off of sicario which was really also really good Ah, uh, man that is yeah that's a real shame to hear um i'm yeah. kind of only halfway through it um I kind of finished right after the part where Aiden Gillen met Tyler Perry. Um, and again, it shows like Tyler Perry, you know, when he's in other people's movies, he can be a decent actor. You know what I mean? He can be good. And, and Yeah, and he's decent. yeah, he's great in Gone Girl. He's great in, uh, in Vice, the Dick Cheney movie. And yeah, it's like, yeah, let somebody else behind the camera and you can be good in movies. Yeah. Um, and he produced this as well. Um, he produced. It. Oh shit! For real? <laughs> yeah, he produced this. Yeah, he's money behind it. Yeah. Then why uh, wasn't he? Why? Never mind. Why, why the fuck didn't? Why the fuck didn't Medea show up at <laughs> any point during this? Man, mm. not nothing with him got resolved, which was the whole point of the conflict. So this is stupid. Um. <laughs> 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah, I echo that. Three out of ten for me. Uh, uh, wow, three out of ten. Wow, it's three not, out of ten. There, it's it looks just nice. like without, without <laughs> just like with without remorse. I feel like there's nothing that's really stands out as bad. It's mm. just so unremarkable and so lacking any personality that it's been a week since I saw it, and I'm struggling to remember anything that actually happened. I'm struggling to remember anything, any of the characters' motivations for why they're doing anything that's going on in this movie. I disagree. It has a lot of bad things with the story structure, um, mm-hmm. but it's getting a three out of ten because it looks nice, at least. Mm. <laughs> wow. Um, Jeez. So, you know, it is what it is. 
Uh, on to another bad movie. Let's get that over with. Uh, one, okay, so one I would say is bad just because it's like kind of lame and mediocre. It does the, get fun though. Uh, the other I would say is bad, but it gets so insane that I kind of can't look away from it. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that third act is sensational. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This this movie, first off, it reminded me of stuff like uh, The Intruder with Dennis Quaid or uh, Fatal, a movie that I wish we reviewed because of how insane it got. Yeah. Uh, to to in, to properly introduce the movie, Josh, take, Josh, take, okay. take it away. Um, okay, so our next film here, uh, moved on from discussing Those Who Wish Me Dead. We're going to discuss The Woman in the Window, starring Amy Adams, the next this film. And in this film, uh, Amy Adams stars an agoraphobic uh, psychologist uh, who, which basically means she never leaves her house ever. She's afraid to go outside, uh, has panic attacks, um, you know, even passes out um, at one point when she even opens the door. Um, and she is just, you know, stuck in this house all day drinking and popping pills. Um, oh, and, us during quarantine. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> you know what I mean? Good, good, good quarantine movie there. Um, and, you know, she um, encounters a woman, uh, Julianne Moore, um, and, you know, comes over her house, befriends her. You know, they have a nice conversation, you know, drinks. Um, you know, lot, you, you'll see Amy Adams drink a lot of wine in this movie. You'll see oh, yeah. it kind of just, yeah. Um, you could almost take, yeah. you could almost do a, a, a drink count of how many times mm -hmm. she does a drink. So take a drink every time she takes a drink. Yeah, know? yeah. This is, de yeah, this is definitely the wine mom movie. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean most definitely. Um, so you know you have Julianne Moore. She comes over, befriends her. They have a good relationship. Um, she tell her, you know, she tells her about like Gary Oldman, who's her husband. And um, you see that, you know, like she tells her kind of like these little kind of cryptic things about her family, about maybe there's something kind of going on that's not so right. Um, and as she kind of goes back and, you know, Amy Adams being a uh, nosy bitch that she is looking in the window, um, sees that Julianne Moore um, has been killed. And it's kind of a basically a whodunit of, you know, if it was a member of the family, was it uh, the tenant that lives uh, kind of below her, played by Ryan Russell? Um, you know, and then they're just basically trying or, to figure it all out. Or did it happen at all? Yeah, uh, because you know some you know some twists that you see in this movie. Um, so in this, uh, I mean, clearly, um, you know, first of all, the movie opens uh, with Amy Adams watching Rear Window, which is the Alfred Hitchcock film. Um, which I don't know why you would want people to look at another movie that's better than yours and your movie. <laughs> don't know why. I don't know why you would want to do that. But they were I mean, inspired. They wanted to wear inspired their inspired by Rear Window. <laughs> yeah, uh, and this is directed by Joe Wright, um, who has done. Yeah. You know, I've liked Joe Wright, it. who has done some incredible stuff like uh, Atonement, uh, amazing movie, uh, Hannah, which is one of my favorite action movies ever, and my personal favorite episode of Black Mirror, which was called Nosedive. Mm, yeah. Mm. So he's he's done a lot of great work um before and but he's also kind of had some misses before like he you know also did Pan um Ooh. in 2015 uh yeah, he did that one so that was, that was a big disaster. Um and so he also did Darkest Hour mm. um which was the movie also starring Gary Oldman where he played uh Winston Churchill. Yeah, um, which is the Gary Oldman Oscar movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah he also did that. Um, so here, um, you know, you have this character, Amy Adams, you know, who is, you know, agoraphobic, who, you know, 
uh, you know, can't leave her house and everything like that. And, you know, trying to be this kind of basic whodunit of who killed Julian Miller, her trying to figure it out, especially, you know, when she calls the police, you know, everybody thinking she's crazy because she's on all this different medication. Um, and also other things that get revealed throughout the film about her mental state uh, that may not be so kind of that she's not maybe the most reliable uh, witness mm. to have. And then you have a situation like you see in the trailer of another woman coming saying that she's the real wife of Gary Oldman, not Julianne Moore. She's the real Jane Russell. Um, so it's kind of, you know, this this kind of situation where she has to do her best, uh, you know, a Neve from Catfish uh, detective skills, um, <laughs> you know, which means it's basically going on Google and typing in the names and, you know, doing, doing her best kind of detective skills there. And, um, you, you know, I, I mean, I will say that, you know, it's kind of fun in a way that it's kind of how trashy it is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's a nice kind of yes. direct direct to streaming kind of movie that you could watch um if you are a person like mix it if you are a wine mom and you just have a good time drinking <laughs> this, wine this is gonna beer, be a wine mom's favorite movie yeah, yeah you know what i mean and you're just sitting there just yelling out everybody who's oh he's the killer oh no this person I'm, 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 I'm genuinely surprised i did not find this on lifetime <laughs> yeah i mean it's this, i mean this is probably something you would find on lifetime something like that um Too they, many you know, yeah uh <laughs> And, you know, they do some, you know, shots that are reminiscent of Hitchcock. A lot of oh, stuff yeah. they do. Mm. Oh, yeah. uh, I mean, you could do almost kind of side-by-side -side comparisons of, yeah. you know, you know, you know, rear window and this. Mm. Um, um, and even, uh, I'd say even like the action uh, for as little action as there is, it's shot like a Hitchcock film. Yeah. Uh, yeah. When it gets to that third act and <laughs> it goes nuts. Yeah. yeah. It, and it, that it was... leans a lot on Hitchcock. And let's just say uh, Hitchcock was not known for his action scenes. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, and they don't translate too well uh, in today's by today's standards. <laughs> yeah. Um, and you know, with a lot of this movie, um, a lot of stuff that happens. I mean, it's really trying to you know really kind of you know put out all these kind of suspects and everything like that. It's doing mm -hmm. it in the most kind of oblivious way where. Like, for instance, like, why Russell's character? You know what I mean? It's all of a sudden where you first see him, he's like this cool guy that just is the tenant that lives yeah, under cool a basement. cool guy, lives in a basement. It seems fine. Yeah. I mean, he helps her out. He's like, hey, you want me to take your trash out? Uh, hey, you want me to... Yeah, and all of a sudden, he's just explosively angry for just no reason. All of a sudden, well, there's a reason why they... But it's just for complete overreaction. Hmm. All of a sudden, he just gets so angry, and he's like, oh, my God. And then I guess you know, I should just make you think, oh, did he do it? you know what i mean it's like okay and then you know stuff with gary oldman and how he's being so kind of you know angry in all his moments and it makes you say did he do it is he the suspect you know what i mean it did it so a lot of that is just really lamely just lame and just really kind of poorly done mm. all the stuff they do um and it's kind of done in the most kind of basic kind of way were uh, you which, surprised what, though by the ending um i was i was surprised that how kind of you know well i guess i mean it was just whatever i guess it was kind of like oh i guess i mean sure i mean i wasn't really trying to guess who the killer was i don't really try to guess who the killer is and these type of things i just kind of enjoy the ride and whatever happens happens as long as it just makes sense who the killer is and when they kind of reveal who the killer is i was going oh okay that's kind of dumb i guess I, uh <laughs> i was surprised by yeah. the audacity to go this dumb and i loved it <laughs> exactly if, if you're gonna go dumb in your movie lean into it go yeah. full go full re go full r word um yeah oh, pretty much God. 
Um, and I mean, so what, I mean, what were you guys thinking? You know, watching the movie. Uh, so for the first two acts, I will say this joint drags. Mm. Um, I do think that certain reveals. Never mind, they all kind of suck. Uh, <laughs> I expected a good chunk of what was revealed, um, but the third act, when it does get goofy and it leans into its goofiness, uh, I didn't. I did enjoy quite a bit. Quite a bit. Um, yeah, the, <laughs> the first two acts of this movie drag so hard. I was like checking my watch during this, but then that third act kicks in and that shit woke me up. I was like. <laughs> Yeah, there's a moment involving like garden tools where I was screaming, "Oh shit!" Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> um, but before then, like the only highlight I could really say is just like it is shot well. It is shot relatively well. Yep, it, the cinematography it, it's yeah. gorgeous. However, I do think some of the stylistic flourishes that Wright chooses to use. I feel like they distract a little bit from the story, much mm. like they did with uh, something we reviewed here called uh, Cherry. Mm. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, yeah. Um, but I mean, all those, all those things. He, I, I don't even want to say he was inspired by because some things were damn near like just ripped from Hitchcock, <laughs> yeah. but, in, but executed in like a poor, or I hate, I hate to say poor man's way, but it really was. Uh, a poor man's way um to some i mean degree. i mean uh, what who was like a poor man's version of hitchcock like m night Shyamalan. so it's like almost like a true. poor man's poor man's version brian de palma yeah brian de palma so it's like true. almost like a Even. poor hitchcock de palma poor or, de palma. the guy who literally remade psycho shot for shot gus van sand <laughs> yeah. oh man uh, but yeah. yeah i mean there are moments to enjoy but it's not the greatest movie. Um, uh, yeah, it, it's <laughs> definitely very slow. But if you can stick around to the third act, you're in for for quite a fun ride. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, just to I, see who the bad. killer is. Yeah. Yeah, I'd I'd give this like a four. Um, mm. And mm. like it's solely a four based off off of that third act. That third act is hilarious. I cannot stress <laughs> yeah. how funny that third uh, act is. I, <laughs> yeah, I I give this a six out of ten. I think the performances are are great enough that mm. that they kind of help the movie's pacing a little bit. Mm. But I in that third act leans so hard into insanity, but the rest of the movie doesn't. So yeah. it's kind of like it's kind of less earnest than stuff like that I mentioned before, stuff like The Intruder or Al. Mm, yeah not i i will also say amy adams uh everybody's telling you to get a new agent please do um <laughs> take that advice you, you yeah because this this <laughs> hillbilly <laughs> elegy yeah yeah no you're you're putting up too many you you're putting up great numbers on bad movies you gotta <laughs> yeah snyder films yeah she's uh, like she's like trying to carry this whole thing on her back and it's like breaking her <laughs> yeah. yeah but uh for that i i gotta give this uh five out of ten a uh, very fun third act and great performances they aren't enough to save this this movie that i feel is more at home on like the lifetime channel mm, okay um 
Um, I think I would give it about a four out of ten. Mm-hmm. I think I think that the, just the third act, how it ends, how they wrap it all up, you know, explain why the person's doing what they're doing. Uh, it's just yeah, I mean that's something to just be seen. I mean mm-hmm. it's just like wow, okay. Yeah, I mean <laughs> uh, there's no like breadcrumbs. There's no like yeah, there's no breadcrumbs for it. There's no like hints it just happened it, and i'm it like almost, i'm here for it, it. almost <laughs> it almost comes out of nowhere but fuck i'm there yeah. <laughs> i'm with it yeah um, yeah yeah um all right so moving on discussing the woman in the window we're gonna discuss dawn of the dead uh 2004 Zack snyder's first film um and like we said we're gonna do a little bit of a retro review for Zack snyder uh because of his new film army of the dead uh that is uh, out on netflix right now so, and Dawn of the Dead, uh, which is a remake of the George A. Romero film, Rest in Power to George A. Romero, uh, longtime legend. Yep. Uh, one know, of the greats. One of the greats, pioneer uh, when it comes to the zombie industry, uh, zombie filmmaking. I mean, he yep. is. Uh, no Romero, no stuff like The Walking Dead, no stuff like uh, like uh, uh, Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he couldn't he couldn't think of another one. He said Dawn of the Dead. Uh, 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 oh yeah, no, Shaun of the Dead. No, no, uh, no, Walking Dead. No, Resident Evil. No, uh, no, none of the major zombie media. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, he was definitely a legend amongst that. Uh, if nobody's ever checked out the original Dawn of the Dead, highly recommend you do. Uh, you're checking out all George A. Romero films, um, if you can. Um, so in this one, um, you know, it follows the same kind of premise: a group of survivors um you know when the zombie apocalypse comes they all rally to the mall um here you uh had jake weber who we just talked about um you know from those who uh wish me dead uh he's in this um you got ben rames in this um he you know um he finally just uh, stopped fucking tyrese's mama and baby boy came over to do this uh you know at the mall uh he had to you know had to do this real quick disappointed that we had no scene of him just buck ass naked in a kitchen making eggs yeah, you know, there's no scene like that here. Very disappointed. Uh, no scene with a ball gag in his mouth, bent over. You know, there's no scene like that. Um, you also have Mackay Pfeiffer in this. Um, you know what I mean? No, 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 no bad dreads in this. Like he had an eight mile. You know, just, just nice clean, nice clean cut. You know what I mean? So nothing for the zombies to grab onto. Yeah. Well, yeah, I guess even if you did yep. grab onto it, it would just fall off anyway. So. <laughs> True. Um, it really doesn't matter. Um, you also got Ty Burrell in there. People know from Modern Family. Um, you know he found big success after that. Yeah. Um, uh, also, uh, Michael Kelly from uh, uh, stuff like House of Cards. Yeah, Michael. Yeah, House of Cards. Yeah, big character actor. Like you always see his face in a lot of stuff. You yeah, know he, I mean? he's another one of those. Hey, it's that guy. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's him. Uh, he plays the security guard at the mall uh, when they get there, um, and you know. I think with a lot of people, this is still their favorite Snyder film. Um, it's, it's most people, they, they can kind of, even if you don't like Snyder or you love Snyder, this is most mm. kind of generally the film that most people can kind of come to an agreement on. Like, yeah, Dawn of the Dead 2004 is good. Um, yeah, Dawn of, Dawn of the Dead 2004, I'd say it's his best made film. But I also think a lot of that is owed to the screenwriter here, who is James Gunn, mm. who would go on mm. to do stuff like Slither, uh, Super Guardians of the Galaxy and the upcoming uh, The Suicide Squad. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and, it's just a it's just a matter of like I think he's great at directing uh, dark comedy, <laughs> which is not something that he does, unfortunately, for the most part. <laughs> yeah, I yeah, I think I think 
uh, with this, it's a case of two two great minds thinking alike. Zack Snyder, he's very good at at framing a shot. He's very good at working with. Uh, I'd I'd say good at working with actors when he's given the right script. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you know, like you mentioned, James Gunn, and I think James Gunn should have been a person that should have been a part of his new zombie film. But we'll get mm-hmm. into that uh, later on. Uh, what did you guys think about you know watching this film again, uh, the 2004 drama did? Hmm. I I had to when I watched this, I kind of had to like really think about the context of the time this came out because mm. if if I'm correct, this was the first big zombie film to come out after 28 Days Later. After that, kind of like introduced the infected and fast zombies, and and it's kind of cool to see because i think jim james gunn easily is the guy who kind of gave this script the moments of that black comedy that it needed because i think with something like this especially considering Zack snyder's later work if you have the wrong script or the wrong cast a movie like this can be incredibly Mm mean-spirited yeah yeah but i think it finds that nice balance yeah this finds that balance more than i'd say a lot of snyder's other work Mm -hmm. uh chase uh i mean i just it was funny to to go back and watch this because i forgot how funny it was (laughs) (laughs) yeah i forgot how many genuine laughs i got during during this movie yeah because i'm you know when you think of Zack snyder you think of edgy serious um you know like mm. yeah a lot so, of yeah a lot of my opinions on Zack Snyder they've kind of been shaped by by his latter movies they've yeah. my opinions on him kind of been shaped by stuff like uh 300 like uh the his DC films mm-hmm. and uh you know like there's a lot of like heavy symbolism um we're going to talk about it later but there's a, there's always the the music cues and stuff that he the the very on the nose needle drops yeah 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 he loves uh, and sharing here, his here he loves and here they did, here they didn't bother me because they yeah. have that montage of them in the mall and it's like that kind of jazzy version of down with the sickness that <laughs> i was kind of like hey yeah all right yeah but you uh, know, I, I think i think this is definitely the movie where because he's not taking it too seriously this is mm. the one where you can have all those cheesy moments and they work <laughs> and mm. you know yeah yeah it makes me wish that we got this Zack snyder doing stuff like batman v superman or mm. or like man of steel i wish we got this guy Could instead of the one we got <laughs> Can you imagine a dark comedy version of like this snyderverse that'd be crazy <laughs> <laughs> i'm with it I'm with it. I'm amazed yeah. how good he was handling some of the more emotional beats of this movie. Cause, yeah, because yeah. uh, there's a scene like towards like the second act where uh, a guy who gets bitten has to like say goodbye to his family, which definitely has, uh, I would say, has a lot more meaning now considering everything that's happened with Snyder in his life, mm. and mm. all of those work so well. Mm. Yeah. It's a it's a nice good cast of characters uh, that all assembled uh, in the movie that all work very well, um, you know, nice well rounded amount of characters, mm. um, you know, them kind of being stuck here in this small environment. I think it's still very interesting. 
Um, I think, you know, look back on it. I mean, I, I think I prefer this Dawn of the Dead over, uh, over the George A. Romero mm. Dawn of the Dead uh, for me personally. I, I, I think I think both of them are kind of very two very different movies. Uh, Romero, he was definitely leaning more into trying to do social commentary about like uh, consumerism and uh, commercialism. Zack Snyder, I think he's more or less just trying to make a fun action movie. Mm. Yeah, I think, yeah, this one's more like a fun um you know action zombie movie um because like george J. Romero, he would inject those things into his movie social commentary and then with dawn of the dead like you said about consumerism about you know that kind of culture there um i'd love you know would see what he would think of like all these malls dying you know what i mean i'd love to get his thoughts on that <laughs> you know, like because now like so many of these malls now because nobody shops at them anymore like a lot of them have been converted into like apartments now mm-hmm. like you'll see like, converted into apartments uh spirit halloween stores <laughs> yeah uh mm-hmm. like a lot of people um now i mean yeah like shop online do all that type of yeah. stuff so yeah kind of like that whole kind of mall stuff is kind of dying okay. out but we got to get to like my criticisms here is like what fucking mall gives the security guards guns <laughs> facts uh that I, was I, like, I think i've i think i've seen malls with security guards i think i have i have never been to one because i've seen Foot Locker when the fucking jordans drop that shit is the apocalypse <laughs> i worked i worked at a mall before uh covid so i don't remember there being any security guards with guns they had like batons at most yeah <laughs> so, i don't know I, I mean i live in chicago so i think every i mean <laughs> pretty much every every guy security person has really? guns oh, true, probably. True, 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 true. Oh, oh, yeah cool. yeah that is that is, is true yeah chicago chicago is is different built differently yeah, yeah but i bet the uh, Foot Locker at that mall saw no violence on drop day <laughs> um yeah so i mean you know with this like i said i think yeah he's trying to make more of a you know general action film and i think it works mm. a lot and i think it was mm. you know snyder this is his first film um and i think you know knew how to really kind of it's it's not two hours and 30 minutes you know what i mean it's a nice yeah it's nice hour and lean fast paced yeah you know moves at a good pace moves you know fine you know everything kind of goes along which i really like so it's not you know him just really getting super super you know overindulgent like sometimes he tends to do um there's uh, not a whole lot of like stopping the movie to pose like jesus for five minutes yeah mm-hmm. you know what i mean you don't see one zombie nailed to a cross or nothing like that <laughs> you know, there's, nothing, there's, nothing, there's nothing like that in it um and you know some good zombie kills in here good zombie effects um everybody yeah kinda, e- easily definitely the most iconic from this movie is uh the zombie baby yeah <laughs> zombie baby which was yeah very you know very yeah memorable. that that shit was still horrifying. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh yeah. Uh yeah. Um and you know, I say you know, I really enjoy watching it again. I haven't seen it in a while. I haven't seen it in a long time. So going back and, and watching it again and kinda I really didn't want to watch it since I was like, Oh yeah, Snyder's doing another zombie film. Like, yeah, it kinda makes me think about nice. you know, that's kinda when we started, you know, started out as origins doing, you know, a zombie film. So Yep, and um, and just to get one uh, one big criticism out of this way, uh, for a huge chunk of this movie, all the characters in here are pretty smart. Like they make mm. some of the right, they make a lot of the right calls. They are kind of watching their back. They're doing the right things until the script calls for them not to. Yeah. And yeah. then they become the dumbest motherfuckers on the goddamn earth. Yeah. Um, yeah. like the girl going to get her dog. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I mean. Yes, I would come and get you. <laughs> I mean, I own a dog, so 
I get it. Still dumb. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. really dumb decision, especially <laughs> since I mean the dog. The, the, yeah, the dog was gonna be fine. She clearly saw that the zombies were not gonna eat the dog. She clearly <laughs> saw that because they walked all the way over to the other side with the other guy that was across from them. So I don't know why she decided to do this. So yeah, there's some dumb things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like when they are in the bus and they, there's the incident with the chainsaw where the yeah. guy like turns it on and then he trips and then he saws one girl in half. Yeah, it's like why would you why would you That's... turn that on? Yeah, it's yeah. Um, we'll, yeah. So it's we'll, we'll talk about we'll talk about this later too because there are instant uh, instances where some characters are dumber than others in the uh, in the next film. Um, yeah, characters are characters are suddenly dumb when the entire movie we're led to believe that they're very smart and capable people. Yeah, yeah, but I do think in comparison, this film, the characters are a little bit smarter, if not, mm. <laughs> if not better. Um, yeah. uh, so, what was your rating? What's your final rating? I I I was just thinking about this again. I think. I think I'm giving it an eight, but what did I hmm. give? What did I give Justice League? Uh, I think you get. I think you gave uh, Zack Snyder's Justice League an eight. I I did as well. Okay, because I don't. I think this is better than Justice League. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'd say this is a more fun movie than yeah. Justice League. Yeah. But I also can kind of appreciate uh, his cut as kind of like the the kind of like third act beginning of the third act of his career where it's like all the things that we come to know and like and dislike about Zack Snyder this is all of where all of those come together and it's suddenly more uh has more charm there than it has in any of his previous work yeah 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 this is I think this is his best like feature film like just Mm. straight film um but yeah what do you what do you guys think um, I give. I would think I would say I'd give it a eight and a half, uh, or like nine out of ten for me. I uh, really enjoyed it. Uh, I thought it's a really solid movie. It still, I think, still remains my favorite Snyder film um, out of all the films he's done. Um, I just think you know a lot of stuff he did it was really good. Like I said, it's him controlled. It's him not being too self indulgent. Good zombie action film. Um, so yeah, for me, I'd give it yeah like an eight or a nine out of ten. Uh, Nick. Uh, I'd concur. I'd say solid 9 out of 10 film for me. This is easily... Um, for me, my... I'd say his best films are either this or uh, his Justice League, but this is easily my favorite film of his. This is the one where he's like has the reins on him the most, so he can kind of play and show off what he's good at, but all the stuff that he's been more known for, like being more self-indulgent, more really uh on the nose symbolism a lot of that is reined in thanks to james gunn's script yeah um all right uh so moving on to discussing dawn of the dead uh we're going to discuss army of the dead which is the latest Zack Snyder film uh that you can watch on netflix right now um here you have a zombie heist film uh where dave batista who's being approached by scorpion scorpion himself uh uh yeah, uh, and that guy looks great in a suit. Like, every time I see him, like I watch him, he's on Westworld. He's in a suit. Um, he looks really that great. That man that. is sixty years old. Yeah, he's very stylish. I mean, very, very stylish guy. He is sixty years old and still doing the goddamn thing. <laughs> yeah, I mean, really impressive. 
Um, he was in Avengers Endgame. He's wearing a nice suit and that. I was like, man, this guy's got style, man. I mean, they know how to really dress this guy on set. Um, so he's really great. So um, he approaches Dave Bautista, who's flipping uh, burgers at some burger joint um, in the middle of nowhere, uh, approaches him with a deal. Um, and that says that all I need you to do is go into Las Vegas um, that, as we see at the opening of this movie, um, which basically... I, this is the most believable part of this movie. Like, if there ever was a zombie apocalypse, it'd be on some stupid shit like that. Um, car accident. Some guys getting head, you know, getting rolled. Some, some guy couldn't. Some guy couldn't wait to get back to the hotel. So now yeah. we get zombies. Yeah, and ends yeah. up in a head-on collision with this military convoy, and then all of a sudden, you know, the the cargo that they were carrying escapes, which happened to be a zombie. Um, <laughs> even though it's like the slowest response time for anybody ever. Mm-hmm. Um, they're on the radio, and then the guy is, is like, you know, he's talking to, you know, uh, higher up on the phone, on the radio, and he's going like, what? What'd you say? Get, get out of where? Who? Wait, who is this again? And it's like, dude, <laughs> she's telling you get the fuck out of there. And the dude, he just, he just got the And she's not telling you. She's literally screaming at me. Yo, get the fuck out of there. Yeah, she's telling me. Shut up. And then when he finally gets the order, he gives the order to the next person who's the closest to the zombie. He's just like, hey, he's just deaf. Later. Completely. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, I, I mean, so you kind of have that 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 kind of kicked off this, which basically kicked off the zombie apocalypse um, in Las Vegas. Mm-hmm. Um, good which opening. I'd, I'd say that's easily the best opening scene of a zombie film I, I've ever I've ever watched. This is yeah. up there with, like, the first zombie land. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's... I, <laughs> I do think it went on for a little bit too long, but I did enjoy it. Cause it was yep, I enjoyed I enjoyed every second of it, especially because you gotta have that again, something we've criticized Snyder for with like on the nose needle drops. Yeah. But it was kinda cool that that was also a part of like the joke. It was like yeah. look out Elvis <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> Yeah. Yeah, and you had the Elvis yeah cosplay yeah (laughs) and you also see slow motion highlights of like batista and his uh, mercenary team like rescuing people from vegas which was very cool also like finally again altruism in a Zack snyder movie (laughs) yeah i mean it's telling a story with the slow motion with Mm. the music you know it's adding to the story it's 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 slow motion with a purpose which is something that snyder's kind of lost uh his edge with uh, as his career has gone on, yeah, 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 yeah. very much. Yeah, so. I, and I think that's actually the most slow motion in the film. Like, I think the film actually. Oh, can you think of any? Yeah, major. I think motion? you. I think you might be right. I think yeah. that's like the longest slow motion set piece in the entire movie. Yeah, yeah. I'm thinking like back to the action. Most of the action was very fast paced. Yeah, the action in this, I'd say this is the best action that Snyder has ever put to film. Yeah, yeah, really. Yeah, 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 I honestly, it, it was yeah. like, yeah, I was so impressed with his cinematography, and this is also the first time Snyder served as his own DP. Mm-hmm. This is the first time he shot and directed his own film. Okay, yeah, that's, that's I mean, he, he know shot. I mean, that, I mean, that's yeah. that's never been in question. He can he can shoot the hell out of a shot. Um, uh, there's a set piece to go back to the action. There's a set piece where um, they're walking through like a like a hibernation zone. Yeah, it's it's introducing some really interesting zombie lore. It's yeah. like, yeah, if people aren't around, what are they gonna do? Are they just gonna shamble on, or are they gonna, you know, like hibernate? Yeah. yeah. And yeah. during this hibernation scene, like that, they... that was the 
that is easily my favorite set piece in this film it's yeah. so tense yeah um, they and, are... the, and the action and, that does end up happening and how is... that ends yeah damn yeah yeah no that I, I think that was probably one of his best actions so yeah. I, don't, um, I don't spoil too much but you know yeah. once you get there and especially with the character that like that does it i'm like wait oh i thought this character is just a throwaway like <laughs> you know <laughs> just spotter but like just to see this character go in like that i was just like all right yeah no and from there on the pace of it of every action scene from then on just got bigger and bigger um and faster so yeah no i don't think there was any slow motion in latter action scenes that yeah that's that, that um, which is pretty dope for uh, a Zack snyder film yeah <laughs> Um, yeah, so, you know, the, the big thing with this is, is that, uh, like we said, um, you have, um, uh, a guy approach him, Dave Batista, and it's all about him kind of going to Vegas because, uh, there's a safe there with all this money and he has to assemble his crew, uh, it's preferably his older crew that we saw in the, mm -hmm. in the montage, the beginning of the film. Yep, to go... uh, his crew, uh, featuring, uh, Omari Hardwick who is looking about as jacked as i've ever seen a human being look yeah uh <laughs> yeah you know he's part of the crew uh you also have uh uh you know they assemble you know uh uh anna de la regura uh, regura regura um is she gonna be in the new suicide squad movie or is that someone else uh she's on narcos and nope and she's gonna be in the forever purge Mm. oh okay okay this that's that's the trailer sorry and yeah mm. um so she's gonna be in the end that film um and you also have uh you know variety of other characters you have this instagrammer um you have like these this guy who's like this YouTuber yeah that, influencer <laughs> that was that was hilarious to me especially because of just kind of the world building that you get and you get some of that black comedy that was worked so well in uh, dawn of the dead it's like yeah, if, zomb if zombies happen, of course there'd be like guys like on YouTube who are like doing like stunts and pranks with zombies and shit. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Tons of Jake Paul, Logan Pauls out there <laughs> messing with zombies. You know what I mean? Jake I'm just Paul waiting for yo Jake Paul zomb Jake Paul zombie challenge. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Tons of people trying to you know kiss zombies and shit like that. The zombie kiss <laughs> challenge or some shit like that. Um, so you have that. Um, you have the safe cracker. Uh, they have, so you get a guy for that. Um, you also have um, um, you also have Dave Batista's whose strange daughter is in the film played by uh, Ella Pinnell. Um, she works at this border camp. So a lot of the movie also tries to, I think, work in kind of a little bit of social commentary, like with kind of, as we mentioned, with Joe J. Romero, like he did with his films. Um, here, it seems like they're trying to do that a little bit with this because in the film, when this you know zombie incident happened, and they kind of walled off all of Las Vegas, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And there were a lot of people that were in still in Las Vegas that didn't get infected at all, that they get bitten, that were kind of trapped there now uh, because, you know, of, of everything. So now there's kind of at this kind of border location with all these kind of kids and, you know, mothers and women and everything like that. So very much kind of parallels kind of the kids in cages uh yeah. you know get it situation. wink 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 yeah uh yeah. you know very much parallel is that and then you even have like this asshole you know uh, guard there played by theo rossi 
who you know you realize he's you know like he's like having sex with the women there at the facility and in exchange for favors and he's completely abusing his power there um yeah and theo so, rossi playing a theo rossi playing a very theo rossi character yeah yeah so, yeah pretty and, much and of course to top it all off you have a president that thinks it's a good idea to just nuke the place before the yeah. july <laughs> no, I, yeah. and literally in that news snippet it's like you just think it'd be really cool to <laughs> have uh have uh that as the fireworks on the uh, 4th of july yeah, yeah, really yeah. cool. Um, so that I can adds... only imagine one president doing that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that uh, that basically adds more to the tension. Um, basically, gives the the team a time limit they have to go in, get into the safe, get the money, get out. Um, and I don't know. I mean, if I was kind of David Teeson, somebody was saying like, "Hey, you go in the safe, get all this money, and then you get fifty million dollars for yourself to split up amongst your whole crew." I'm like. I don't know if you're really going to give me $50 million. I don't know if you're going to really let me get $50 million. Like, I find that a highly suspect. You know what I mean? They, like, they do enough of the like planning with the heist that I can kind of believe that somebody would try this. Especially because you have this character like a coyote who's been sneaking people inside Vegas into like the casinos to try and get money out for their families. I kind of believe that you could pull something like this off. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Vegas is uh, just a pool of money, so, you know. And also, they, and also, they built in the excuse, like, hey, that money is already insured. I've already reported the loss, so mm. that's money that you can take for yourself. Mm. Yeah. True, true. Um, so, I don't know if I've... I mean, I think the concept of this film is very unique. Um, I don't mm. think I've ever seen a film, zombie um, heist kind of film before. I don't know if I've ever seen that before. So, uh, it's probably some... Yeah, it, Yep, um, just like with uh, any kind of genre, um, films like this, you work really well when you can kind of add other elements into it. It's like yeah. zombie heist film, yeah, who would see something like that coming? You make a realistic uh, cause and realistic reason why something like this would work. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, it um, adds the beats of, say, like an Ocean's Eleven with mm. the zombie elements, and I think that's... and. Not just like the typical zombie lore that we're used to, but yeah, you know, in, they add yeah, in, <laughs> yeah, adding like new breeds of zombies, yeah, which I yeah. thought was I thought was handled really well. I actually was really fascinated with introducing like the alphas, which are kind of like this uh, smart zombies. Yeah, 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 that are like juking out like. <laughs> that are like bobbing and <laughs> that are bobbing and weaving like Floyd Mayweather. Yeah, yeah. I've ne yeah. I've never seen a zombie move so fast. <laughs> and then also, like, they have, like, clever ways of, like, going about, like, like uh, handling people with bullets. Like, the main one has, like, a whole, um, what's it called? Um, oh, he has, like, a helmet. Yeah, a bulletproof helmet, which I thought was just the most clever thing for a zombie to do ever. And, like, some dialogue that's, like, in the background that you hear is, like, zombie with a fucking cape? <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Yeah, and he has like which, his own like society that he's building, which is the army. Of yeah, the and there's rules. It's like, hey, we don't mind if you if you come in, but you got to give us something in return. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Respect the uh, respect the drip of the cape. Respect and, the king. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. I thought that was yeah very interesting. The the world building that you mentioned that they build mm -hmm. in this movie about the zombies and zombie kings and the alphas and how like you have your regular shamblers who just yeah they just stand there to get shot. They 
you know, do that. And then you have your, you know, like these, you know, kings and queens zombies and that have and these guys who can, you know, think a little bit more, more stronger, more, you know, you know, kind of more dangerous than just your regular zombies. So I thought that was a nice addition to that and very nice, uh, you know, kind of world building element to this to play yeah. around with it more. Um, when it, so, so yeah, so I, I like all that stuff a lot. Um, I would say kind of one of my things I didn't like so much is just the length of the film. Two hours mm. and 30 minutes. I think that's a lot. Uh, I think that's, that's it's just long, uh, a little too long for this. I think you could have tried to trim off some more stuff, 30 minutes or so, 40 minutes, mm. just to kind of just reduce the time a little bit. Because I just thought uh, two hours, 30 minutes. Are just, yeah, uh, yeah, two hours, 30 minutes. It's, it's way too long. You could have especially because the film really picks up once they get into Vegas and that's like mm -hmm. after the first act. Yeah. So I, I think there's like maybe, I think just like with the Zack Snyder's Justice League, it's an interesting exercise in editing where, okay, get this down to X amount of length. Yeah, there's some yeah. soap opera-esque um, like conversations that could have been chopped. Um, a lot of it could have been cut down uh i felt like the daughter character she was kind of like useless throughout the movie but don't get me uh, but consider but considering the tragedy that snyder uh, went through i i get why he would add that mm. yeah. um, i despised her character i thought she <laughs> was so dumb <laughs> and I had a, again, a common thing with the oh Snyder zombie movies. Characters are really smart until the movie calls for them not to be. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Which, um, I, when you speak about her, uh, Dave Bautista's darling movie, I think she was kind of one of the weaker elements of it. Yeah. Um, I, I think overall, the entire cast, I mean, the whole team assembled when they go mm. into it, I think is a pretty good cast of people. I mean, I don't think I was annoyed by anybody I think it's gonna um, in the team at all. Um, I think they all did a, a very good job. Uh, I think the only is. problem with the team is that like they were like just being dicks for no reason at times like for the for the sake of the plot you know what i'm saying like i understood why one character was being a douche but like mm. because that was his role that was you know what he right. was supposed to do but for the other ones to just so quickly just jump on him and just look at him like all right we're singling yeah. you out welcome like that doesn't sound smart to me <laughs> right right <laughs> But which um, character are you referring to? Because um, uh, the I, character I, that is, uh, I think the character's name is the, the head security guard. Oh, Garrett Dillahunt. Yeah. 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 The entire time I was wondering why would these people be so trusting to him? Because he's clearly the shadiest motherfucker there. Well, I was yeah. I was more so on the thing on the thing of saying like, why are you guys singling him out? He hasn't done anything yet. Because <laughs> like very early on, they're like dropping the line like, hey look we don't trust this man we're we're, we're setting it up where we're killing him first if he if he's the first one to go all right we've and agreed a that great, he's the first one a to go. great line <laughs> delivery by tignataro who is mm -hmm. uh <clears throat> yeah this film it had some controversy because that character was originally going to be played by uh crystalia mm. who <laughs> was was accused of like sexual harassment of uh grooming young women so snyder did the right thing and replaced him right away i yeah. i i don't i don't even miss it <laughs> yeah i don't because she, she bodied that role yeah um, she's yeah. incredible here and she is like has that such dry sense of humor that i think yeah. works so well with this script and it's like look i get why uh the safe cracker is important but uh 
it's like probably uh me it'd be the second most important yeah you, yeah you need somebody to fly out of here right so, <laughs> i'm um, important <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can get rid of him and they all look at him and i was just like <laughs> <laughs> and it's like the entire time it was like why didn't he just like you know i can hear you right <laughs> yeah 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 no but that's why i didn't think that was smart but that was like the one thing that, that annoyed me about the team is that they were like so passive aggressive with him like i almost expected him to like turn on them because of how passive aggressive they were i knew it's like you know this guy is gonna turn on them you're just waiting for the moment to happen yeah, yeah pretty much i mean but yeah when he's introduced yeah it did make for uh, good comedy unlike it, the it made character. it made <laughs> it made for it made for good comedy i liked all the except for the daughter i kind of liked all the characters here i'm really impressed with uh batista's growth as an actor because yeah. he he's asked to because there's a big ask of him in delivering like some of the bigger emotional beats especially in the flashbacks because he's a character that had to kill his wife after uh she turned into a zombie and he bodies that scene yeah, yeah. No, that hurt that hurt to see um yeah we, i mean when you talk about wrestlers who have had a great post kind of wrestling career acting career I'd, i mean he's, yeah he's one of the best I, yeah. out of all the wrestlers that have kind of shifted into acting i would say batista's the probably the best actor out of all of them yeah yeah. The I best mean, and most ambitious actor out of all of them, because he's yeah. choosing to work with guys like Zack Snyder, like Denny Villeneuve, like uh, uh, Ryan Johnson. Yeah, and, like uh, he could yeah. do the action, but he could also uh, make you cry. He can make you laugh. You know, he's he, he's decent. Yeah, um, yeah. Um, absolutely. I think yeah, he's one of the better yeah, or if not the best wrestlers turned kind of you know actor, professional yeah. actors out there um yeah like i think two of the weakest characters in this are the daughter character is theo rossi i think they're just two mm. of the weakest uh i think they're kind of just so one note in a way i mean everybody here is kind of basic in a way story-wise um, yeah yeah everybody here is kind of like just your basic archetype but that's pretty common in most Zack snyder movies even in uh, dawn of the dead we've talked about those are all those characters are pretty much fitting into just archetypes but here's yeah. my problem with the daughter character um and the character that she's trying to save they mm. don't make sense <laughs> some of the moves that they made that they make throughout this film are so frustratingly stupid and so mm. frustratingly reckless especially the character that she's trying to save because that character is a mother that is supposed mm. to protect her children i know i understand you're trying to gamble to get this money <laughs> but yeah this is a very big but you're running into a giant city full of zombies why yeah. are you leaving your children in a camp that you know where that there are dudes that will you know take advantage of people yeah <laughs> uh yeah. just to risk getting five grand <laughs> yeah <laughs> that made no sense to me that was so dumb yeah that's 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 uh yeah, I never said this was a smart movie. Yeah. <laughs> no, but like the, those, the, those are the only yes. two. Those are the only two characters that were bugging me because like that B plot was just so stupid to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that um, B plot it was so dumb and it kind of didn't need to be there. And it makes yeah. me wonder because Zack Snyder has said in interviews that the movie that we're getting this is the director's cut. This is there's no other cut of this movie. This is the one, but. Mm. There's also like story threads here that feel like they were cut out for time, and I don't know if I'd leave them there. Yeah, I mean, what do you think, Josh? Um, 
it makes sense. I mean, this movie. I mean, I think if this movie was in theaters, it wouldn't be two hours and thirty minutes. I think mm-hmm. the more studio execs would have gone like, "No, you gotta, you gotta trim this. Nobody wants to see this movie for two hours and thirty minutes." But because it's on Netflix, because it's on a streaming service, you know, he gets some. I think a lot of creators get a little more leeway. Yeah, the yeah. Of their films, and especially just uh, Zack Snyder. He's a huge name director. He's got a huge online following. Um, he he's pretty much got carte blanche to do whatever he wants. Yeah, I'm just like Martin Scorsese, you know what I mean? I know like people like him and like that to talk crap about streaming services. But if it wasn't for a streaming service like Netflix, Martin Scorsese, you wouldn't probably Irishman wouldn't be three hours plus three plus. Hours. Yeah, you probably couldn't do that. You know what I mean? Like you, you probably couldn't have any other outlet to probably do something like that. It's because you are Martin Scorsese and because it's Netflix and they'll allow you to do that, that you can do Irishman that was three plus hours. They really didn't need to be three plus hours honestly you know what i mean but um so with this you know snyder he can big name director he can do it he can have this movie be two hours and 30 minutes which i think it's very detrimental to the film mm. for it to be that mm. long um but it, you know it, there's a lot of cool elements of this yeah. a lot of really good characters um there was some kind of a word i heard that this supposedly that they were saying i was reading something that this supposedly leads into dawn of the dead like this is supposed to be like the, the before like something like that like huh? this is supposedly oh. kind of here um that like the I ending mean, the ending I, of it is supposed uh, to lead to dawn i mean of i the guess dead. i can see that through the ending yeah yeah um i mean when people talk about you know there there hasn't been a good you know video game movie made live action um, I'd say this is a great video game. This is basically Call of Duty Zombies. I mean, this is basically, I mean, Zack Snyder directed the this Call is, of Duty Zombies. This is basically Left 4 Dead. Yeah, I mean, it's, <laughs> it's, it's basically it. I mean, you have all the elements. I mean, the characters in this are characters that you would have in the loadout screen. Mm-hmm. In, in, a, in, a, in, a, in a in a game, you know, you got the guy, you know, Amari Harwick and Dave Batista, mm-hmm. and the the weird uh, uh, European guy. You got him, you know what I mean, dressed, you know, like he's in the 18th century kind of. You know what I mean? Like you, you got all these kind of type of different characters that you would have in a video game. You know what I mean? Like, and I I, I think he kind of accomplished that very nicely in this. Mm-hmm. And like you said, great action in this. It's a great cast of characters. It's a fun movie with a great concept, good world building. Um, you know, there's some kind of weaker elements with the emotional stuff as far as you know, mm-hmm. the daughter. You know what I mean? The old, you know, you weren't there for me. Well, what does that mean? I mean, <laughs> you know what I mean? Was that was that really mean? You weren't there for me. I, it's okay, whatever. Uh, and then you got Theo Rossi, who's you know being Theo Rossi. Just you know, I mean, I think he's overacting at times, just being mm-hmm. a dick. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I think this is you know probably the most I've enjoyed a Snyder movie since Guardians of the Gahul, uh, honestly. Mm. Um, Way back in like '09, that Guardians of the came out, uh, I believe. Um, so it's 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 been a while since I've kind of enjoyed a, a Snyder movie to this extent. So mm. for me, I would give it a seven out of ten, strong seven out of ten for me. Uh, you guess? Yeah, um, I agree on the seven. Uh, it is a very fun movie, despite the my gripes and its length. Um, mm. it, it adds to the zombie lore, um, to the uh, long list of zombies zombie movies zombie properties uh i think it this one is very unique um i i love the dynamic between uh the team um for the most part especially uh what's his name deter the safe the uh safe oh deter deter the uh safe cracker the safe cracker uh and um omari hardrick's character um i love i love the moments that they have to try to figure out all right, how do we get to the safe? 
that was brilliant um i loved sort of the social media guy too and uh his partner they were funny uh just taking selfies <laughs> in front of like zombies just and stuff stopping like taking selfies in the yeah. middle of this <laughs> yeah um and i think like even like the overacting parts of it i thought worked because of how like funny this movie could be um mm. and how like over the top this movie is um so yeah yeah seven out of ten uh definitely do recommend uh just don't just don't go into it expecting there to be a good daughter character because that is not it (laughs) (laughs) okay so so i'm i feel like i've kind of come around on Zack snyder like Mm. um I really, really enjoyed uh, his cut of Justice League. I enjoyed the Snyder cut. I think I gave that movie an eight out of ten. Just like I'm gonna give to this, I thought the movie it's it is a little too long. Some of the emotional beats with between uh, Dave Batista and his daughter characters, some of those go on for too long and it doesn't really work. But I feel like Batista's performance is kind of carrying that. I love the dynamic with all the characters here, especially between uh, the Safecracker character, uh, Dieter, and Amari Hardwick. Those were some of my favorite scenes in the movie. The action in this, I'd say it's the best of any Zack Snyder movie and kind of breaking away from some of his usual bag of tricks. Like, it's not too much slow motion. Um, A lot of my common criticisms with him, like characters just suddenly becoming idiots, uh, those are still there. Uh, Really on the nose, needle drops, even putting the cranberries song here but all of that didn't bother me i definitely say this is one of his strongest films uh dawn of the dead is still my favorite but this is right up there for me Mm. and it's easily his best original film because well the only competition to that is sucker punch (laughs) yeah i'd Uh, I'd say this is just barely a notch under dawn of the dead but solely because mm. of its length I think, you know, if we had somebody to rate him in, it, it would probably be right up there. Um, all right, so moving on from discussing Arming the Dead and discuss our final topic of the day, I'm gonna discuss Modoc. Uh Modoc, which is the Hulu animated series. Uh Modoc, um, who's voiced by Patton Oswalt. Uh, the team behind it is the same team behind Robot Chicken. So that's why if you see the trailing, go like, well, this looks a lot like uh, Robot Chicken. Well, that's because it's the same team. Same team. That, um, it's also come to do this. Uh, much of the humor is very much the same in this. Um, and you have a character uh, in MODOK, which stands for Mental Organism Designed Only for Killing. Um, and here it kind of follows... Uh, brings more of a human light to Modoc, uh, who's a famous villain in the uh, Marvel Universe. It's a shame that, you know, as we mentioned before, he's not voiced by George Lopez. Uh, I'm still campaigning for George Lopez to be Modoc. Um, still putting that out there. I think he'd make a great Modoc. Uh, live action as well, as well as voice. Uh, they won't but, even have um, to do CGI on his head. Yeah, you know what I mean? No CGI necessary, just purely George Lopez as yeah. Modoc. Um, you know, um, you know, Disney, Marvel did not hear us, but uh, we're campaigning for you, George Lopez. If you if you uh, listen to this, we are going for you to be in the Marvel universe as Modoc. But still, um, Patton does a decent job. Yeah, Pat. Uh, yeah, Patton Oswalt. He's like renowned for you know how much he loves geek and how much he loves comic books, and to, for him to get a role like this, it, it's incredible. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and it's a ten episode series. 
Um, about each episode is about like 20, 23 minutes to 25 minutes long. Mm-hmm. So about like, you know, kind of like 30 minutes. Um, and so it follows more of his family life here. Um, you have uh, his son is voiced by Ben uh, Schwartz, uh, who's been on like things like Parks and Recreations, House of Lies. Sonic. Uh, yep, Sonic the Hedgehog. He's also yeah, the voice of Sonic. That was a big one. Um, and, you know, here he plays as his son, Lou. Uh, you have uh, Melissa Famaro. Uh, people might know she was uh, she's in Brooklyn Nine Nine. She plays Amy Santiago. Yeah. In um, that, she plays his daughter <laughs> Melissa. In this, um, you also have uh, his wife, uh, who's voiced by Amy Garcia. Uh, she yep. was uh, in Dexter. Great character actress. Great character actress. She's in Dexter. She's on Lucifer. Yeah. Uh, he plays. Uh, she plays his wife Jody. Um, and so basically, kind of follow his family life dealing with that dealing with wife his two kids also and trying to juggle that and try to be also the leader of the evil organization known as aim uh advanced idea mechanics um who we i think didn't we get introduced to aim in the mcu via yep. uh, uh iron, yeah iron man 3 it had uh aim and uh, yeah it was yeah. very much uh not this version of the of the organization yeah mm-hmm. uh because this doesn't have like this isn't like connected to the mcu like you have uh, Iron Man is still alive, who's voiced by John Hamm in this. Um, you also have kind of other heroes like Nathan Fillion, who's voices Wonder Man in this, who who pops up in a nice, funny role here. Um, and you also have kind of other great voice actors coming on this, like Bill Hader pops up as a voice of a like a lower tier villain. Um, you have Whoopi Goldberg um, as also kind of kind of a villain called Pound Cakes in this. Um, so you know, really good voice and, work. And just like the Lego Batman, you might think they're not real. They real, yeah. You know what I mean. Alan Tudyk is in this. Uh, Chris Parnell, Kevin Michael Richardson. So really talented voice cast of people yeah, um, in this yeah. series. Um, no, I was surprised by like the voice talent, but I'm also just surprised that this exists. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> this uh-huh. is not up Disney's alley, and which is why it's not on Disney Plus, obviously. Yeah. Um, so just to see that they like that the group that made Robot Chicken has been given the chance to experiment within the Marvel Universe is amazing to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so that alone, um, I feel like people should check this joint out, you know? Yeah. It's very much Adult Swim vibes. Oh, yeah. Very much yeah, this, this is this is absolutely a, basically an Adult Swim show. Yeah. Uh, I was, I'm amazed how, like, gross and how violent <laughs> some of the jokes in this get. Yeah, yeah. Like very quickly, they 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 introduce you to why this was not on Disney Plus. <laughs> yeah. Um. I mean, yeah, there's a lot of a lot of violence, a lot of blood yeah. in this. Um. I would say that. Yeah. Um. I would say I I was kind of wondering about its length, like because mm. um you know Robot Chicken is known for having just 15 minute episodes. Mm. Yeah, really, yes. Yeah, kind of you know collection of guys. Mostly just a collection of shorts. There's no really ever no running long narrative stories. It's kind yeah. of a collection of shorts. I wondered you know if they could kind of reduce them them just the time of these episodes to just like 15 minutes. You know how would that be mm-hmm. uh, for this style a little bit? Um. Also the stuff with the family I found you know I thought that was really funny. Um, but also, I wish there was more stuff with within the you know kind of the Marvel and exploring the history of that with all these mm. kind of different characters and 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 kind of all the especially super obscure characters. Mm. Um, like you see something like um, Harley Quinn the animated series um, that mm. we see like all these kind of like you know really gives great kind of characters to like Kite Man and 
if you see polka dot man and all these kind of villains and especially you know this comedic kind of world especially him interacting with like john ham iron man and yeah. how you know like modok is just such a low-tier villain like iron man is just like i don't even have time to deal with you yeah. <laughs> you know what i mean he's just exhausted <laughs> by him he's just like I, he's you know, watching uh what was it cake warrior or something like that <laughs> yeah he's like yeah he's streaming like a netflix show in his helmet or something like that and he's kind of like while he's fighting them um so you know what do you think about the show and and just like the you know kind of the length of the episodes and just overall humor of it i watched like the first like three episodes i will agree that yeah i mean maybe the episodes could have been shorter but i do think that the, what it does with its length it, it it does accomplish quite a bit like mm. in terms of like the twist and where it goes i think every episode kind of ends very cleverly um as well mm. um so yeah it, it'll definitely keep you on your toes and i think also you know this is this is great for the robot chi- uh, robot chicken team because like this is their first um narrative project that i've seen at least you know what i'm saying like this is the first one where they've you know told a consistent story throughout the season um, yeah ab- so absolutely and i'm amazed how emotional this story got because mm-hmm. you're kind of dealing with uh this like divorce story with mm-hmm. uh modok and his wife i i didn't expect to get fucking marriage story in a marvel show <laughs> yeah. especially one done by the robot chicken guys yeah yeah and for it to be this funny too um mm-hmm. yeah no i definitely can't recommend this enough even though i've only seen like a couple episodes um but if you miss Robot Chicken and if you miss those vibes and you just need something late night to just clip on, check this joint out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what's your rating? Uh, I mean, from what I've seen, I can't really give a rating. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Nick? Uh, for me, I'd say this show, it's basically rick and morty but if rick was just totally pathetic (laughs) and allowed to look as such Mm. uh the jokes in this are really funny you're going into some really deep cuts with marvel which i was impressed this show went with um and it has an ending that reminds you that yes modok is a fucking super villain and a (laughs) terrible person and i like that the show is willing to go that route and for me this is a seven out of ten i think you could cut down the episodes to like maybe 15 20 minutes and not lose a whole lot but i still had enough laughs in each one like all the characters i ended up really liking especially like ben schwartz's lou who ended up being like my favorite character because he's just so so innocent yeah um yeah i mean there's there's a lot of really good like the 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 family android that they have uh oh adapto super adaptoid who they just shit on constantly (laughs) Yeah, I mean, you know, he's. I think he's really great. Like his voice work is with John Daly, his guy voices him. Mm. Um, you also have a character named Monica, who's voiced by Wendy uh, McLendon Covey, who's uh, people uh, might know. She was in Reno Nine One One. She was like the blonde woman in that. She's also in Bridesmaids. Uh, she's really funny. She's like uh, his rival at AIM. There, like trying to take control of the company, um, you know, and she's trying to be the new scientist supreme, as they call it, which is a badass name, you know, be the scientist supreme, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, this company, you also have like this, uh, like they introduce like this tech billionaire from Grumble who's come in, uh, to take over AIM, who's well, because the company's just failing on every level because Modoc <laughs> doesn't know what the hell to do at all with this company. <laughs> Terrible businessman has run this company to the ground um and it's all those elements to me are just 
you know, really funny, really good, uh, really deep cuts with Marvel. You know, if you are a person who, you know, is a big historian when it comes to the Marvel stuff, which I find really nice. I just wish they kind of lean more into that stuff a little bit more mm-hmm. and just a little bit more interacting with maybe a little bit more heroes and stuff. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, you know, I think, you know, because they, they mainly just have Wonder Man and Iron Man in there. They're like the two major heroes they show. Um, and not to be like too bogged down with, you know, the, to take focus away from MODOK. Uh, but um, yeah, I mean, I think the show is really good. Like, you know, Chase said, I mean, you know, Robot Chicken, I was a fan of when it was on. I mm-hmm. think it had some really good, you know, funny moments in there. Uh, Seth Rogen, Breck and Meyer, I mean, they, you know, really good talents, you know, when it comes to kind of writing this kind of stuff. Um, I love their Star Wars specials. I mean, they know how to really go deep mm-hmm. without being so. Um, I guess on the nose with the jokes a lot of times. I like, you know, every, you know, kind of time I rewatch all the Star Wars stuff, I love, you know, rewatching uh, the Robot Chicken Star Wars specials. They know how to really make the jokes and really make them stick and really kind of show love for the thing that they're talking about, uh, yeah. but also kind of give good insight to it. Much like, like, kind of Phil Lord or Chris Miller or some of those mm, types yes. like that. Mm. Um, so for me, yeah, I'd give it a strong seven, uh, even maybe a light eight uh, out of 10 for me. Um, yeah, good series. I recommend people check it out. You can watch all 10 episodes right now on Hulu um, and check it out. So uh, we're going to get out of here, people. Good show today. Uh, quite a chunky show yeah. today. Uh, over two hours. Um, yeah. yeah. It's a uh, thick-ass show today. Uh, very much so. So uh, uh, we're going to get get out of here and let no. everybody know our information, our links like we always do. So if you want to give us an email, we're at theafternoontune at gmail.com. Um, of course, we're, we're, we are wherever you listen to podcasts. Like we're on Spotify, The Afternoon Tune. We're also on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to leave the five-star review and write a good review for us. That helps us out big time doing that. Um, you can also subscribe to us um, on youtube.com, The Afternoon Tune. It's probably where you're watching us right now. You can also uh, check us out on the social medias. Um, at Instagram.com, the afternoon tune, TikTok, the afternoon, good, good old TikTokers on there on afternoon tune. Um, we're also on Facebook, the afternoon tune. Um, you can also check us out um, as well on Twitch, twitch.com, the afternoon tune. I'm going to try to do some more uh, live podcast streaming for you all there with that. Uh, get to see us there, get to interact with us there on Twitch. Uh, maybe even do a nice hot tub stream. That's the big thing now on Twitch. Hot tub stream. Getting in and do that. You know what I mean? They actually uh, stopped that. They, re- <laughs> they stopped that. They yeah, got they tired just, of that. They destroyed the hot tub meta. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh wow. Uh, well, I guess I guess horny niggas just gotta stick to OnlyFans. I guess. Okay. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, so Chase, where can people find you? You can find me at Mr. Chase Mac. Um, that's spelled M R C H A Y S E M A C on Twitch. Twitter and Instagram. Where can they find you, Nick? All right, find me Twitter, Instagram at Night and Day Nick. Uh, find Bubbles here at Instagram uh, at bb.bles. All right, that is awesome. Ah, so to all you people out there, hope you enjoyed the show. Hope you loved it, and don't forget to always stay, stay tuned. tuned. Stay tuned. <laughs> all right.